It's June 3rd, 2021. This is Rook. is a young Iranian-Canadian comedian who's become a viral sensation with his hilarious videos playing different ethnic characters and employing funny accents. Niman Nazeri is at his best when doing a Persian guy and calling folks estupid. He's a Toronto kid who found his outlet in being funny and has overcome personal obstacles along the way. He's built a massive base in social media for his commentary, zany clips, and dances with his Persian mom. Niman Nazeri is now ready to take things to a new level of global attention and he joins us in the Rook studio, plus a new edition of It's All Persian to Us. This is conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode number 115 of Rook. Yes. What? Stop Punzda? Punzda is a street language. <laughs> I've been speaking. Yo, street I speak language. street. All right. Yo, I speak street. Yo. What really? It's no, it's no, pawns no, that? No, no, I mean it's no. no, no. First it, of all, let me just uh, let me just uh, you, this. We haven't even started. <laughs> you know how many letters I've gotten about our last show where they were like, oh, yeah. Shia is trying to teach you an ancient Arabic word. No. When that, the, uh, uh, you know, that's why I didn't know the word. It no, wasn't no, like no, some. No. Come on, you know Hamas Karonot now. I do. No, I mean, yes, Punzda is for conversation, but Punzda is the word. For what? For, this is not a conversation? For official. Yes. For my, for, right, <laughs> official proclamations like love. Rook. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Hi there. Welcome to episode 115 of Rook, Sado Ponzda. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so... Sounds better, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, it sounds a bit... Um, <laughs> obnoxious it's, yeah yeah it sounds like I'm Sado Pons it's like I'm, I've got my teacup with one pinky up you know you have a pipe in Sado, the other hand yes Sado Pons I'm sure that's the correct way to say it Shia you are the master uh, listen hope you're keeping well everybody uh, wherever you are tuning in from around the world Salam Dostanazis or Dostanazis now I'm scared Fatty. Omidvaram or Umidvaram. Hastam ke khubva mizon hastin. It's exhausting. You think you've learned the language? No, we've learned and nothing. And then Shaya, you know, sada ponzda. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I've heard that when you change A to U, I've heard that is a 
Tehrani accent, actually. Oh. No. Yeah, I've, I've really only ever heard Punzda. Maybe I grew up in a family. Uh, well, I didn't <laughs> even grow up in a Tehrani family necessarily. Hello, my family's <laughs> from Tehran. To be honest with you, I've never used Punzda. <laughs> no. See? But he thought to <laughs> yeah, correct yeah, you. Yeah, but he corrects me. <laughs> yeah. Have you used that encyclopedia <laughs> word ever? Yeah. <laughs> or just Danish Name? <laughs> <laughs> سلام دوستان عزیز امیدوار هستم که خوب و میزون هستین باشین هاشی نیما ناظری coming up in the rook studio in just a few minutes very funny man uh, he's got a great story of a, a young iranian guy who grew up in the diaspora a toronto lad like me and like yeah. like you uh, Vlad, yes. Trying to last. <laughs> I really found his voice doing comedy, much of it about being Iranian. If you don't know him out there, you're gonna. I, I suspect you will really enjoy this introduction to him, and you'll become a fan. He's just a, uh, and I think he's a great guy. I'm looking forward to this in the Rook Studio. We are coming to you on RookMedia.com. That's our website, RookMedia.com, where you can link to all of our platforms. We're on an ongoing mission to build a a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, and CastBox. If you like to see some visuals with Rook, switch over to YouTube right now. And if you like your Rook descriptions and bulletins in Persian as well as English, you can check out our Telegram channel. By the way, we're going to shoot this interview, yes, Captain Reza, uh, with Nima in the studio here, and we'll have the full video of it up in a couple of days on your Insta and YouTube channels. So look forward to that. Hello, officially, fabulous Keon. Hi, Gion. Gian is actually my name. It's not Gion. So that, that joke landed flat, but I got you. Hello, Groovy Shia. And hello, Captain Reza. Hello, sir. And listen, first things first. We announced it in social media yesterday, yeah. but we have hit one million streams yes. of our show across yes. our platforms. We, reached, uh, we actually reached this milestone a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we wanted to take uh, the opportunity for a group picture, and that took some while to organize and vaccines to happen. A big thank you to all of you out there who have supported this independent program. Um, we, we have no marketing budget. We, we, do, we don't have some big network supporting us. This is an indie show. And those of you who, who've believed in us this far, it means so much to us. We have a long way to go, but getting to 1 million streams of a long form interview program, uh, <laughs> focused on the Iranian diaspora in English. I mean, there's so many things that, I mean, there's only one word for it, which is Hamas <laughs> uh, Um When we launched this show, April 16th, 2020. Captain Reza, you were there. That's right. Shai, you were there. Right. Keon, I don't think I you were with us. June, in, you, jo- you joined May, us after May. four episodes or five May, episodes. Think, yeah. And right. it's only been up since then, all right? <laughs> you I'm made the reason the we hit You are. Million. It's a team effort. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there were a lot of folks who were skeptical. That's right. About, I mean, for there's still folks who were skeptical about all kinds of things. But there were folks who were just going... Is this concept really going to work? Yeah, we know you've done interviews for a lot of years, Gian. You know, you got this team of like uh, cool people who can do it. But, but I mean, English, and you're going to focus on Iranian stuff, and you're going to do long form content. You're going to bring people on that no one's heard of. And so, and it kind of grew in the beginning, but it wasn't growing the way it has now. I remember we went for we went for burgers or something. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? That was like late. June or early July, so it was about 
uh, I guess three or four months in, and that was to celebrate 50,000 streams, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. After that first yeah. four, three months, yeah. we hit 50,000. Yeah. And now in just over a year, we got to a million. So it's just grown exponentially. Uh, we Our joke was that we didn't have a website. <laughs> Remember, I would start <laughs> yeah, every yeah, show right. going, uh, <laughs> we, we don't have a website yet. Uh, like we launched a show with no website. We launched a digital, a web-based <laughs> show with no website. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and there's a good website that we're proud of now. And so, listen, long way to go. This is an independent program that we sort of figure it out as we go, how this is going to continue to survive and, and uh, grow the way it is. And so patrons mean a lot to us. Uh, you guys who have become patrons, if you go to rookmedia.com and press the support us button, it makes a big difference. But it's a, it, it's a moment to go, hey, way to go, you guys. And it's really nice yeah. to hear from a lot of you folks out there who've written to us saying congratulations and we love the team and we're you know behind you guys and all of that. Keeps us going, for sure. Very heartwarming. Very heartwarming. Uh, we are still uh, at the beginning. We are very much at the beginning. We're yeah. only a year old. We're toddlers still at this uh, rook. In fact, I had an Iranian guy, not even a non-Iranian, an Iranian guy say to me a few days ago, so a rook, like what, where'd you get that? You know, what's, <laughs> and I'm like, Rok Rok and he was like, "No, I don't know what to." I don't know. Uh, he, you know he's a guy who grew up here, uh, of course. but yeah. but I thought it was funny. It's like I just assume now by now, everybody who's I mean this guy that listened to the show, everybody who's in and around the show knows where the word rook comes from. You know, it's street language. <laughs> As we all know, I'm, uh, I'm very good at street language. Uh, 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 but uh, yeah, so rook basically means candid or blunt or, you know, uh, straight to the point in mm. in Persian. And that's where we got the name. And uh, kind of it, it is a word that people can say in English as well. Rook, yeah. rock, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's where it comes from in case anybody out there <laughs> needs any clarification after a year of being us. <laughs> Captain Reza, I'm looking at you and I can't help but think, are you okay? That's a, this um, has been a, a tumultuous 24 hours for you because oh. unlike most of the rest of the country, you somehow, being a 33-year-old man, were able to get a second dose of the uh, fine Pfizer uh, vaccine, but uh, you know you're feeling the side effects, I guess. Yeah, I did, yeah, I was feeling the side effects. I'm I'm actually a little hot right now too. I mean, the studio is you certainly are. But I got uh, for people who don't know, the studio is freezing right now, and I'm the only one who's sitting here without a jacket on, and I'm actually hot for right. some odd reason, but. Yeah, I s took the second dose of vaccine on Tuesday, and I was fine for 24 hours, but last night, almost as if the switch went off. Like, yeah, you know, Reza called me last night, sorry to cut oh, you off there, but he was like, uh, <laughs> hey, bro. I, I was like, oh no, how is he going to do is, Yeah, this is. All be all. Yeah, I mean, it was the lowest I'd heard his voice. Normally it's like, hey, really? It was like, I, bro, I can't. I'm. Here, listen to this. Hey, dude, uh, sorry to leave you a message right now, but I think the second dose of COVID uh, has got me, man. <laughs> I like like he's feeling, it's like he just took a gunshot in the middle of it. Oh, you know, it sounds like he's faking it, actually. He sounds like William Shatner <laughs> acting. It sounds like he a Kirk, you know? It's like, uh, I uh, must get... 
<laughs> wow, that was but that was bad, man. It was So what happened? You you suddenly got a fever and you uh, were suddenly, like it was so sudden to the point that I thought like maybe I was poisoned. Like that's truly what I thought. I was working on the computer and all of a sudden it hit me almost as if like somebody turned on a switch. I started shivering like crazy, mm-hmm. fever. My body started to ache. I'm like, what the heck is happening? Now let me ask you something too. This is what I felt the uh the, the side Astrid. effects of whatever I got, whatever that was, the oh, Astra, AstraZeneca. Uh, you know, you know. I mean, surely you've read by this point. You've been told that mm. the Pfizer, especially the second dose, yeah. it does induce side effects. Yeah. But even so, when it's happening, you're kind of going, it's, "What's happening yeah, to yeah, me?" Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's you're thinking fearful. maybe it's not the, the vaccine. Yeah. Maybe it's something else. I, I, you keep thinking. I've kept thinking. Is it like is the vaccine? Maybe it, did it give me COVID? Like, am I? Right. Is it COVID that I got? Is it gonna last? It was. It was terrible. I couldn't sleep until 6 a.m. Like uh, out of pain. And then at 6 a.m., again, just like as if they turned off the switch, <laughs> it went away like wow. nothing ever yeah. happened before. All I'm right. just super exhausted and tired today. But other than that, no, I feel I feel good. And I highly recommend getting everybody get vaccinated so this pandemic we can right. get it over with and done. Yeah, sounds like a wonderful experience. It was and also, <laughs> how, did, how did you get the second shot? You're a young guy. People I, are... I got a guy. <laughs> Don't, get, don't get me started. Are you sure this was a legal <laughs> vaccination? I'm worried about my mother. You know, she's been making phone calls trying to get, I mean, Reza. Mm. Well, man, she yeah. Could, this guy. Hey, man. guess what? Next week I'm going for my second vaccine. You know, it's like, what? how does this happen with this guy? You know? Oh, man. Uh, Have I, you even got that? Va- oh, I don't even want to ask you, Shia. First. You got it? Yeah, yeah, Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was worried yeah, that you. Well, last weekend, yeah. yeah. What did you get? Pfizer, you guys getting oh the good my God. stuff. I'm Listen, sorry, I'm yeah. not going to start get on the AstraZeneca. Did you guys see the news a few days ago? My sister sent me the text message laughing at me. It's a matter of life and death. She's like, they announced for the those of you not listening in Can- who are not in Canada. I mean, it's been a uh, to put it as eloquently as I can a shit show when it comes to the AstraZeneca because they gave us the vaccine. Some of us. You know, the Gen Xers, they were like, it's available for 40 up for people who are older than 40. And then we ran and got the vaccine. And then the, like the next day they canceled it and said, this is dangerous. Be careful. Stay away from anybody who's gotten this. You know, they didn't say that. But uh, but so they go. <laughs> Here's a couple of things that in the last week. But first of all, the thing my sister sent me, there was some. Uh, stockpile of the AstraZeneca that was (laughs) (laughs) that was expired or expiring and they said but you know what if you got the first dose you can use this expired oh as like it was like a new level of you know indignity oh of humiliation God. you can use the expired but then the other thing I loved was they announced that people who've gotten the AstraZeneca you see this a couple of days ago can now potentially get a second dose can cross vaccines can get the Pfizer okay. or Moderna if it's available. Yeah. If you read that, like, so I'm like, oh, okay, I read the article. <laughs> it goes, you know, yeah, if you have AstraZeneca, you're, you know, the scientists have now confirmed Canadian medical, whatever is confirmed, you can use the for your second dose, Pfizer and Moderna. We do not recommend those who got the <laughs> Pfizer or Moderna, however, get the AstraZeneca <laughs> as their second. Like, it's like it couldn't be clearer, you know. Every at every turn, it's like the experts uh, do not, however, recommend anybody going near the AstraZeneca that a bunch of you have got in your body. Yeah. So what are you gonna do now? 
No, I think I'm going to stick with my Astra, you know? Really? I stick with my team. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a Leafs fan. Look, we have a history of losing. I'll stick with Astra. (laughs) The expired batch? Uh, That's what you're going to go I don't know if it'll be expired. I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. Guys, let's pray for Gian. Everybody, (laughs) moment of silence. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) pray for Astra. Uh, So, uh, Nima Nazari coming up in just a second. Poor guy. Let's get him in the studio. We've got... um, it's all Persian to us. Yeah. A new edition of It's All Persian to Us yeah. coming up right after Nima. What have you, you want to tease Man, us, tantalize this, us? What have, you, what have you got? All I can say is that this is the greatest contribution to humanity, really. Oh, like, this is an Iranian invention. Captain Reza, you're not necessarily proud to be Persian, but this is one reason <laughs> why <laughs> you can. You, proud. you know, you're, you're, know, you're kind of on the He's edge always on the fence about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is one reason to be proud. I'd oh, say. Great. Yeah. great. All right. All right. And do you know what number episode this is, Keon? <laughs> Uh, That's right, Sadapon'sda. Don't let me hear you saying Boonsda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the fabulous Keon Groovyshaya and uh, the fabulous Captain Reza joining us right after we get to our feature guest. Let's get to him, and he's coming in the studio right now. A Toronto-based Iranian-Canadian comedian and actor who is a wonder at cultural and observational humor, doing characters, impressions, accents, stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, podcast vlogs, and more. And one of his characters Characters likes to sing popular songs with a little Persian guy commentary on the side. Take a listen to this. Listen, idiot, come on. Uh, but you caught me on the counter. I was eating. Saw me banging on the sofa. You are lying. I even had her in the shower. Very dirty. She even caught me on camera. You are peeping, Tom. Saw the mark on my shoulder. It hurt a lot. Heard the word that I told her. Idiot. Heard the scream get louder. She stayed until it was over. Go home. Asar came in and she caught me red-handed, creeping with the girl next door. Sexy Mexi. Picture this. We were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. Lots of hair. I had tried to keep her from, but she was about to see. Not my problem. Why would she believe me when I told her it wasn't me? I just want to say I'm sorry for the thing that I've done. Oh my god, you are stupid and I don't care. You Still funny after uh, I must have watched it hundreds of times. Uh, and the distortion. Lie, 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 yeah, it's yeah. distorting. <laughs> that is the, the, the Iranian Canadian comedian Nima Nazeri as his character Bob Akmar Kadiyad in just one of the clips that has gone viral in social media over the last couple of years. So Nima was born and raised in Toronto. He started doing funny accents at the age of eight by mimicking his mother, making an order at the Tim Hortons donut shop drive through Nima grew up with a, a diverse group of friends and his comedy does focus on poking sweet fun at various cultures and communities and doing a variety of different accents, Persian, Italian, Chinese, British, Indian, Nigerian, and more. Nima produces daily and weekly content on several social media platforms, in addition to co-hosting a weekly podcast with his brother, a monthly comedy show, and acting in commercials, TV series, and films. 
Daily Estupide is the name of one of his segments where he dances to music suggested by his followers. He has toured as a comedian and acted in some prominent films and TV programs, but it is on social media that he is currently a rising viral star. His TikTok account alone has gotten millions of likes. And right now, Nima Nazeri joins me live in the Rook studio. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Nice to have you here with your cola cap. That's uh, it. Backwards. Of course. Very hip hop. Very, yeah. yeah, very white boy. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. White boy. that that Bobak, a uh, Marcardion, Marcardion, Marcardion yeah. for the moon. Yeah, come on, <laughs> <laughs> that has got to be a favorite of mine. I, and mm, I love thanks. that you were laughing oh, listening back to it. Yeah, it's too. I don't know. I, 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 I the, the 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 videos I I do I do it because it makes me laugh. So naturally, when I hear it back, because I actually haven't heard that in a while too, so I forgot right, right. what I said in the ad libs. It's the funny part, and uh, it just it gets me, man. It's that was my introduction to you, to be honest. That somebody that passed that video to me from it's better from a year ago. Oh, okay, and uh, and I was just like, who is this guy? Is that really the way he talks? Yeah. He's amazing, <laughs> you know. Because there was that Persian couple that put out some song where I think I love. Oh know, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. couldn't tell if they were actually real or right, not. Right, right. And so, as, where so where did this character? emerge from this ball back uh honestly it just i was actually fun fact the very first character i ever did i guess implemented into my comedy and it was one day i was filming a persian fob drive through prank video on youtube six years ago it was one of the first videos i posted on my youtube channel and i was out in the front before i was filming with one of my friends and i was like yo i need to f- i don't have a name for my persian character because like obviously it's the easiest accent for me to do at the very beginning it's just mimicking my mom's accent and I was like, okay, what's a really fobby, like, really thi- like thick Persian name? And I was like, okay, mm, Bobak, whatever. It's, it sounds pretty Persian. And I was like, w- I need a last name as well. And I was like, what's a, what, would be, what would be a Persian-sounding immigrant last name? I don't know. It just kind of came to me. I was like, Markarian. It just rolls off <laughs> the tongue. Armenian. Yeah, yeah, but it's, <laughs> I didn't know it was Armenian at the time. So, But, I, but it's, it's just like a running joke now uh-huh. for the past six years. Every time I write, post Bobak, Markarian, all the Armenians are like, no, you're Armenian, Armenian. <laughs> I'm like, no. And you, I mean, you have a facility for, you don't talk with this accent, but no. you've just been around enough uh, people who speak this way with the heavy uh it's i mean it's a bit of a stereotype but then you'll actually run into someone who who talks like that this is my thing and yeah you know, yeah <laughs> of course of course uh yeah i mean i actually I, I didn't really grow up with a lot of persian people to be honest it was just my family my immediate family and then like their friends and their kids so a very tight circle so but for me i naturally just picked up on accents and mannerisms and people's voice and an accent from a very young age mm-hmm. and I just started doing them. And what about this idea of singing along to a song and then doing these Persian asides? Where, yeah. where did that come from? The ad libs? I don't know. I just thought like, because I, I can, I, I've always low key liked singing a lot too, <laughs> but I never, I'm not, I'm not great. And I'm not, I'm not shit. <laughs> I think I'm decent. I'm mediocre. Right. But I was like, how can I do it in a way where it's tasteful and it's like kind of like a cheat code where I can just like disguise my okay singing <laughs> with a funny accent. And the, the two worlds collided for me one day, and I was like, oh, a Persian guy singing English songs would be hilarious. Right, right. And that's where, I, that's where I discovered, and that's where I started doing it, and it's like a crowd favorite now. Uh, you know, what I love about you is that you are a true uh, diaspora kid, you know, uh, born in Scarborough, not too far from where we are right yeah. now, in fact, reared in Markham. 
um, which has, of course, now become an Iranian diasporic mecca. Yeah, it, was, sure. it wasn't when I was a kid, but it mm. is now. But it's amazing to me how Iranian you are. Like as someone who, I don't know, have you even been to Iran? No. No. So uh, you, when you, I was like two, I think, but okay. I don't remember. Okay. Anything. So yeah, you're, you're a complete diaspora kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you grow up speaking Persian in the home? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I I actually was put into per, uh, per, Farsi school. I don't know what's called Persian school. I guess it's for yeah. like a year, but I hated it. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't like school in general, anyways. And I was like, I, I don't even know English. You're gonna make me learn Farsi? Like, I, I don't know. What, the, what am I gonna do? And so, but naturally at home, I always spoke in, in Farsi to my mom and my dad. But as I grew older, I was more English than Farsi, and now it's just like Finglish. It's half Farsi, half English. So the story goes that you were always a funny kid in the house and, and then you start, um, they start asking you to perform at Mahmoudi's. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tell me how this evolved. <laughs> so the, one of the very first instances from when I was a child, I remember, like you mentioned earlier when you were doing my intro, how I mimicked a story of my mom going through a Tim Hortons drive through and ordering food for, for both of us. And that was the first day I realized, oh, my mom doesn't know how to order properly at a drive-thru. Like, I really heard it for the first time. I didn't really understand it at the time, but I, I was like, it was something that I just, it just clicked for me. I was like, oh, my mom has trouble ordering a simple thing, like a Timbit or a donut from this, like, establishment, right? <laughs> and so... What, like, what, can you give me an example? Yeah, so she, walks, she, dri- she drives in, and she's like, uh, hi, team. Um, uh, this is Tim Horton. <laughs> <laughs> she, she called the establishment Tim. <laughs> I yes. think so, yeah. Um, she's like, uh, hello, hi. Um, she totally didn't do yeah, that, no, by she the didn't, way. No, That's I, your, I, yeah, I'm yeah, exaggerating. Yeah. But yeah, she'll be like, hi, um, so uh, just can I... Um, uh, she's like scanning the whole menu now, like for th- half an hour. I'm like, just pick something. This, you know, bagels Mom, or donuts. The, yeah, there's only two yeah, options. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she's like, uh, okay, so uh, for the, um, <laughs> can I have one bagel, uh, one cream cheese? Uh, uh, do, do you have the sesame seed bagel? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know, she's like, oh, okay. And, uh, and then, so she orders her thing, and then she, like, I'm in the back seat, and so she's yelling at me while this intercom is right in our ear so this person on the other end is like hearing this f- immigrant why is she yelling at you because well this is how she speaks like right like all Persian right. parents like I'm like eight I'm like ah, I don't know give me chocolate I don't know give me anything whatever you want I'll eat it I'm a big kid uh, and uh, I was like okay give me um uh, give me a uh, uh, whatever, like a everything bagel with cream cheese and a, a, a large chocolate milk. Okay, right? You remember <laughs> the order? I do. I, right. I'm a fat kid at heart. Okay, and okay. still fat, but so I know. But no. Um. So I I said this to her, and she goes, uh, "Hi, okay." And also, can I have um uh, chipotle? <laughs> she like just forgets as soon as she goes. Uh, oh, uh, one everything bagel with cream cheese and uh, one um, uh, milk chocolate, large. I'm like, milk chocolate, it's chocolate milk, right? And then she's like, eh, uh, this whole time. And then she's trying to ask for a straw, but she goes, and also, um, can I have one as strawberry? I'm like, bro, like, you're asking for fruits now? And then she's like, no. I'm not. And then, so the person's like, oh, I'm sorry, man, we don't have strawberries here. I'm like, oh, well, obviously. It's a coffee shop. She thought uh, the word she, for straw stra- is estrabri. strawberry. Yeah, yeah strawberry. Yeah, so, like, right, okay. But like, she, I think she knew. She just like mixed right, it up at the time. Right, right. The whole point is though, I fully grasped what was happening, and I, I, I understood what was happening. Young Nima saw a future uh, <laughs> yeah. 
the entire comedy future 100%. from that. Yeah. You, the light bulb went off. Yeah. Right? So then when I saw that happen, uh, the whole thing ended, whatever that, that same week, or I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I remember just like, I don't know. I started to just mimic her accent when I was at home now in front of my dad and he would laugh. He'd be like, ah, that's hilarious. Whatever. So I was like, oh, this is cool. He's laughing. So then the next time there was a mahoney. Does your dad gathering. also have an accent? Uh, a little bit. Not oh, really. Oh. No, he's more Canadianized. He's more <laughs> yeah, a part of society. Right. Yeah. No, so he helpfully also makes fun of your mom. I mean, a little How bit. Sweet. Yeah. yeah but okay, I, I still yeah. make fun of him too, but yeah, <laughs> right, equal. Right. Yeah. So uh, when there was a family gathering, all their friends came. They're all from Iran. Like they all have accents. Mm. Um, and they're very fun people. Persian people are very like naturally funny and goofy, loving yes, people, right? Yes, so yes. when the Mahmoudi happened, despite our reputation for terrorism and uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> yes, yeah. I've, I don't know anything about that. I'm, I'm Canadian, <laughs> I'm, um, right? And so uh, when these when these family parties happened. Uh, usually it starts off with like everyone's greeting each other for three hours and then you walk inside you talk shit and gossip about whatever for another three hours and dinner happens whatever and then after dinner is the dessert slash dance time right the 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 that's when the the shoulders start moving (laughs) that's right right and so when that starts to happen and they get tired of the singing and dancing they're like okay nima nima like go up there and tell us some jokes (laughs) right like i'm a fucking clown right and then so i go up there not naturally as a seven go up where is there a stage? No. What do we go up no, there? No, it's it's on the it's on the table with all the gas. You know what I mean? Like, and all the fucking khorma. You know what I mean? So I I go up to this imaginary stage. I'm at, I'm like seven, eight years old. I don't know. Like, what's the funniest thing I could tell? Right. I don't know actual jokes at the time. So I'm like, oh, I remember this this example. But uh, you were confident enough that you're you can do this. I mean, you clearly. I don't know. Well, your mom wouldn't have thrown you up there without you. Clearly, you've established yourself as a funny kid. Yeah, well, actually, it wasn't my mom. It's never my mom because she's always embarrassed. She's like, no, Nima, like, <laughs> right, you're trying right. to make fun of me. So who sent you onto the stage? Well, the, uh, it, so, <laughs> yeah, Jamshidim and uh, Hassan. Um, no, but <laughs> so it was usually my dad because my dad, like, starts talking about it. And, like, my mom actually, actually, my mom entertained it, too. She's like, oh, like, uh, like, Pedersak, like, Nima, like, he's making fun of my accent. Right, and I'm ordering. Right, and then right. so everyone's like naturally curious oh what was it tell us a joke so my dad's like what what like tell everyone so i go up and then like i don't know i just like i don't know if i what confidence was at that age mm. i just thought oh this is something i have to do <laughs> right i don't know right i mandated to I'm, do yeah, this yeah sure yeah, like or else i'm getting part of the out contract of the yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. the contract uh and so i just go up and then everyone's now everyone's silent and i was like and for some reason i wasn't really uncomfortable i was just kind of like okay like literally the story i just told you now I was doing that at eight or however age, you know what I mean? This is some old material. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, classic yeah, yeah. material. Uh, and so yeah, I just kind of do it. And, and, I, and that was the first moment, the first taste I got of like older adults or just people who are kind of strangers to me laughing out loud. You know what's amazing about that too, if you think about it, because I would host, oh, sometimes when I've been asked to host events and stuff with an Iranian audience, I'll do a little joke off the top. I'll say like, uh, I am from Escarbro, I'll just do these <laughs> things. And they all laugh, even though that's the way they actually talk a lot yeah. of them. It's funny that they, that they see it as fun. It, you know, I mean, it's good, I suppose, that they yeah. see it as funny that, uh, and back at that point did your mother think it was funny i know she's certainly come around now we'll get yeah. to your mom and who i i like to call your superpower your yeah. greatest asset <laughs> is your mom in your yeah. videos but but even at that time was she okay with you doing the tim hortons routine yeah well she so at the beginning she's always very shy and i'm no like, like don't make fun of me but then she also enjoys it when she sees everyone's laughing too right, right, That's the whole right. point right like when everyone's laughing she's like oh like she can't help but laugh because she knows it's true right and i do it really well and so yeah i mean she 
she she she is a good sport though. Let me play another short clip of Bobak. Uh, the Armenian, uh, the the unwitting Armenian, <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> Mark Arion. Uh, this is him doing uh, or attempting to do a Backstreet Boys song. Take a oh, listen to baby. this. Hey, listen, idiot. Uh, you are my fire. You are hot. The one or two. Desire, believe. Look at me. When I say, listen. I wanted that way. It's not difficult, but we <laughs> are too worlds apart. You are too far. Can't reach <laughs> to your heart. Come here. When you say, <laughs> I don't care. Here. I wanted that way. It's not hard. Tell me oh. why he is nothing but a Taste of uh, Iranian-Canadian comedian and viral sensation Niman Azeri doing his character, Babak Markaryan. There's so much I like about that. The one thing is his commitment to singing. He's not shy. He's, you know, he's singing, but then he has to do the ad-lib commentary uh, <laughs> in between. What are the keys to doing a very good Persian fob, fresh off the boat impression? You just have to really study the the intonation of the accent like the ups and downs you know what i mean and like know where the the actual lettering comes from so for example like i say it's stupid that's like one of the main like yes. things of my things yeah. on my channel now my <laughs> brand and so where that came from is like i quickly learned from a young age that you know persians can't pronounce s right. without having an e at the beginning right, but right. only if there's a consonant after the s if there's a vowel, then there is no e. Right, 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 right. So you, you wouldn't say uh, eh, sorry, you'd say yeah. sorry. Yeah. But if, if it's like stupid, you'd be eh, stupid, right? <laughs> yeah, and so just like the mind, it's very, I, I'm very good at picking up on minor details mm. in someone's voice and someone's accent. And so it's just a, it's just studying, honestly, it's just mimicking it. Well, eh, eh, stupid has become part of your, your brand. And I've noticed Bobak also calls everyone idiot. Yeah, uh, idiot, do, you, do you find Persians liberally dole out these insults? It's always idiot, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Like, why is he? He's calling everybody idiot all the time. Where I where I got that from is just kind of like he's uh, Bobak Markarian is like he's just that like cool but like kind of like arrogant ego filled <laughs> uncle who just like any single like he just he never has a, right. a proper relationship. He's not in a relationship. No, he's never in a, because he's always because he's, al- he's calling the women he's <laughs> perhaps interested <laughs> yeah. in idiots. Yeah, yeah. But, but like but like yeah. there is a little bit of charm to him when he does talk. He's like, oh hello, you are very sexy, Maxi. But he's like, eh, blah, blah, blah. like he like quickly turns if they reject him. So he's and that's a typical Persian guy though. Like uh, like a, like they're, when they're living in Western society at least is what I found and um, what I've realized. And so it's just like. Uh, it's kind of like an exaggeration of that. And so, yeah. Now, I want to get into uh, some of the reaction you've gotten, some of the negative stuff, some of the backlash that you, you get. That, but the, by the way, uh, I was surprised to hear, because what you do, I feel, is so benign and, and funny. But have you had to deal with Iranians who take umbrage, like somebody who goes, you know, like you're depicting us in some negative way. This is not uh, uh, you know, the way we want to be seen. Yeah, all the time. But like... The thing is, what I've realized about myself is that I know my true intentions. I know my context, and I know I'm doing this out of out of love and out of just trying to spark some joy into people's lives. Right? Because it's something that makes me truly happy and makes me laugh. It's funny to me, and I know it's funny to a lot of other people. And there's no there's no hate behind it. There's no bad intentions. I'm just here to just make people laugh, and that's the whole point of what I'm doing. 
And so, but naturally, there's no matter who you are, what you do, there's always going to be people who are hating on you for a certain reason. So, doesn't matter uh, what. It is. I mean, we can get to those, but in terms of Persians now, yeah. do they? What do they say about oh, these impressions? Yeah, you know? yeah like, I'm like, oh, like, uh, stop making fun of our accent. That's not how we speak. Or, <laughs> oh, like, we, you shouldn't talk about this because, like, we struggle or this and that, uh-huh, and like, uh-huh. you know, stuff like that. Which is like, yeah, I get it, but like. I'm not going to stop because it's just we've gone through dark times. We are yeah, we are we are, there are stereotypes about us. You're sure. just perpetuating those stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. What is your answer to that? Uh, honestly, it's just once again, it's just something that's funny to me. Right. And you know, I bet you tell me if this is true. I bet if anyone has a problem with it, it's more likely to be someone in the diaspora, like a Toronto Iranian, than someone in Iran. Yeah. Right? So, they probably, the ones in Iran probably don't mind. They, they yeah. probably, they're like, it's okay, go, do it. You're funny. We like yeah. it, you know. It's actually, a, it's a mixture of both. It's uh, it's actually in between. The people who are in Iran, actually, they love it. They're like super fans. Right. Which I, I fully appreciate. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And then there's the, the, the Canadianized, like me, Persians, who love it as well, but then the ones—it's the ones in the between who—they're from Iran, but they came to Canada 20 years ago. Right. So they're right. like in the middle. Right. Though, because they're trying to switch over. Like, no, I'm not Persian. I'm Canadian. Yes. Like, no, you're from Tehran. Uh, okay, and, and Ehsan. Okay, like, relax. And so, yeah, it's just. Um, and and once again, it's just it's all out of love. You know. I so, am Eddie, not Ehsan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, no. I, I shopping at the Walmart. Uh, okay. I, I always do the. I always talk about it on the show where you order an Uber and and the the face comes up and the name is like Mark and you're like no, you're not no, Mark you're Mohammed <laughs> that's what you're, <laughs> yeah exactly you had actually gone to I mean despite the encouragement it seems or the enabling of your family you'd actually gone to the University of Toronto for kinesiology for mm-hmm. a while uh, did you have a passion for kinesiology what was the what was that about no I was at a place in my life where I didn't make decisions for myself and I I, I was inf- influenced by my parents. And what they wanted, what society thought was the, mm-hmm. the right path to take in order to be successful. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to get good grades in high school in order to get into a good university, to get a degree, to get a job, to get a family. And that's the only way to live life. Mm-hmm. And I always hated academics growing up. I was very like nonchalant about it. If I did well, great. If I didn't, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was very much more. That a, doesn't go over well with a lot of people. Of course, parents, yeah. of course. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. What you mean yeah. don't, don't care? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sit down and do your homework, right? Um, Reza is getting, is getting A plus. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the comparison, right? Yeah, always the comparison. Always, Probably yeah. to your brother and others in your family, too. Oh, I mean, well, that's I, actually, so UFT, when I went, um, the only reason I was like kind of like felt forced or pressured to go into UFT for kinesiology specifically is that I almost lost my breath. I think I have asthma, not you. Um, <laughs> You've contracted my uh, asthma. Yeah, thank in you. This thank interview. you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Um, my dad actually went to UFT and he, he oh. he's an engineer, okay. classic, obviously. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and so there's always that that like oh he's the a num- respectable person, respe- respectable, not yeah, yeah. like uh, you and I. Yes. Yeah, so no, 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 I'm, I'm a, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he actually is a person in, in society who, yeah, who matters. And then and then uh, and then my brother actually went to uft kinesiology the same exact program oh and so he's naturally he's older than me right and so naturally i was influenced by people who are older than me older generations and i kind of like oh okay well if my brother went then like i feel like i have to go too mm-hmm. there was i didn't think for myself and so that's the reason why i even went to that program so what was the tipping point where you began to think for yourself <laughs> uh when i so i actually i didn't get into university right after high school I I I had didn't have good enough grades, so I had to take a year off, and I was at the worst point in my life because I was I was very like down on myself. I was kind of depressed. I was 
like ah like i'm not good enough to get into school like what am i gonna do i was fat i was getting weight. i was eating junk food every day waking uh staying up till 7 a.m playing games yelling at my tv <laughs> throwing my controllers everywhere okay and when my dad's yelling <laughs> you know what i mean and so um i just i was at a bad point in my place and that was the the the, the decline of like me just not caring about school but I also didn't know what I want to do in my life or what I could do. Okay. And so I kind of just like picked up like some private classes, got my grades up just to get into university the next year. And so when I finally went, the essence of me going to a good school and learning was taken away when I didn't get in the first year. So I was like, oh, well, whatever. Like I didn't get in. Like it kind of deflates you, you know? And so when I finally got in, I was in this program, but I was just kind of cruising by, not actually caring what's going on. I was my mind was completely somewhere else. Uh, it was all on YouTube. It was all on watching videos of funny people every oh, day. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where I started. To, that's but where wait, I turned so to. So, how long did you last? One year. I dropped one out year. after one year. And how did you find the agency in yourself to say, "Hey, mom and dad. Hey, society. Whatever it is, you know, I, I'm taking control here, and I'm not doing this anymore." Well, uh, what happened was there's a there's a couple different things that influenced me to, to actually think for myself and change my mind here. That whole year of university, UFT, when I finally got it and I did the program, I was heavy binging YouTube videos. I was I was I've always watched YouTube from when I was a uh, pretty much grade eight. Grade nine, I started like heavily watching YouTube. I loved watching pranks, sketch videos, accents, impressions, stand up comedy. That's where I discovered Russell Peters. And I fell in love. We should with clarify, you're, you're a young guy. Like, we're only talking about five or six years ago that you were at U of T, right? Uh, yeah, it yeah, was 2013. So, so YouTube was already, it was already YouTube. Like, it was yeah, big. Yeah, it was yeah, big. Yeah, 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 yeah. After like 20, 2007, that's yeah. when I started, right? And so I was just like, I don't know. That's, that was the only thing I realized that year at school that was making me happy. Hmm. was watching youtube videos of other people doing funny things but i didn't think like oh i wish i could i, I could do that i in my mind subconsciously i was like man i wish i could do that hmm. but I didn't, th I didn't think i could just do it right until you didn't think you could do it because you didn't think you'd be funny or you didn't think that it could be a career a little bit of both i was uh, unsure of myself in general because i never had that i was never like good at one thing hmm. really growing up and I, I knew I was funny. I knew I was like, okay at sports. I could sing a little bit. Right. But I was very mediocre, right? Right, right? I didn't think like, oh, I can make a career out of comedy. Like, what am I? Like, that's that's because, like, you know, to people, uh, traditional immigrant parents who are from yeah. Iran, right. they don't have that's not a career. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. That's not a career. Yeah. That was, you drilled that as a. And by, and by the way, even what you do now, which I think you're amazing at, like, I can't think of somebody off the top of my head who's better at doing the kind of thing you do, like Appreciate that it. singing that song with the accent and, you know, the, the way you can embody that. Uh, that's actually a pretty new path. I mean, it's not like there's a bunch of people in that blueprint that you're following in the footsteps of. No. There's There's been Persian comedians, there's stand-up guys, there's Max and Maws, there's all kind of... But what you're doing is, is pretty fresh. So... Um, yeah, there's no there's no roadmap that goes. Yeah. This is going to be a success, right? Yeah, hundred percent. But the thing is, uh, I got to a point where I was so unhappy with with school at UFT, and I was like doing shit again. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I I don't really want to do this. And actually, that same week, I was having these thoughts. Uh, one of my friends introduced me to a to a, a comedy show at Yuck Yucks downtown Toronto, mm -hmm. and that was the day when I went. I went to this first stand-up sh comedy show I've ever been to. And I go inside, and it was an amateur night. It was a Tuesday night, 7 p.m. I vividly remember this. And it was a Humber College student comedy show. Right. I didn't know what that was at the time. 
I watched the show and I saw Who this. Who knew there were comedy courses at a college? That's what I'm saying. I was like, there's no way. I thought that <laughs> yeah. it was just like a name or something, right? The show goes on and like, I've never felt so exhilarated in my life just being in the audience. Mm. And there's only 10 people watching and a bunch of amateurs who are dog shit at doing stand-up comedy. Right, right. And But like, I'm, I'm watching these people go up on stage, do two minutes of shit jokes, but they're even... Is this the night where you go up last and there's one person left in the audience? No, 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 no. no that's, that's another night. That's a different... Okay. I'll tell you about that. But <laughs> but the, the point was, I saw this happen. I saw these like random like younger kids, like younger than me even, or like around my age group, going up doing two minutes of okay jokes, if, if any. And I was getting so like hyped and exhilarated just right. watching it. And I was right. like, wow. I, was, I, got, I got this feeling. I was like, I've never felt this in my life. And so I asked one of the comics after the show, I was like, yo, what's this Humber comedy? thing and then he told me there's a comedy course at humber college mm. two-year program mm. where you can learn all about comedy mm. i'm like what so that was the day i went home i searched the program up saw all the courses they offered and immediately it clicked for me i was like this is what i would this is perfect for me this is my calling i just feel it and so that same week i was debating how do i tell my parents i want to drop out and do comedy right because in their world they're like what do you mean comedy look at the fuck shut, shut up like go study you know what i mean and so but I knew deep down inside, they supported me a lot throughout my whole life because just from the experiences I, I've experienced when I was a sure, kid sure. to going up and like how they always really wanted me to do well and my brother too. And, you know, just they raised us and at least they, they, they tried to raise us in a way to give us a good life. And so I appreciate that. And so I knew deep down like they would be understanding at least more than a typical Persian par mm -hmm, uh, parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just had a feeling, right? It was a gut feeling, but I didn't know what a gut feeling was at the time. I just went with my intuition. Mm. And um, that same week, what happened was my brother actually changed paths. This was the trigger. That, that was the moment that really, it was like a TSN turning point, right? <laughs> it changed everything. Right. He, he switched his That's program. That's a sports channel in Canada. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. for people who don't know. <laughs> this was the turning point of my whole life at this point. When uh, my brother changed his path, and he, I saw him tell my parents that he didn't want to do kinesiology anymore. And the way they reacted was, all right, well, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he did it, whatever. Right. And then they were like, okay. And I was like, oh, well, if he can do it and he's older, of course they're going to let me do what yeah. I want. Wow, the whole family quit kinesiology. 100%. Yeah, we're like, fuck this. <laughs> this has been a bad year yeah. for kinesiology. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> fuck science. I'm going to go into gardening. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'd rather you. So... That was the moment I realized, okay, I can actually tell my parents and they'll be supportive at uh -huh. least, right? And I did it. I was like, yo, this is this is how I feel. I found this program. Did you start with yo? Yeah, I always <laughs> did. I actually do. I, I, I literally go, I literally <laughs> tell my mom like, yo, man, like, what are you doing? I swear to God, you, it's probably in my videos. Um, and that, that's how modern, modern Canadian I am. <laughs> right, right. Uh, urban, I think. Urban, whatever, the, uh, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, the fuck yeah, you want to yeah, call yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that was the moment I told them. I dropped out. And they were like, okay, well, if you're going to do this. My dad t t told me this very vividly, I remember. He's like, if you're going to do this, you better do it 100%. And ever since that day, I haven't looked back. I love that. 100% I've been but going in. Somebody it. else did. The, we had a, a, another guest on who had a similar story where um, it was a woman who, who wanted to change paths. And, and her Persian parents said, okay, but only if you you go into this 100%. Yeah. Don't do it half-assed. Yeah. So since then, they're they're supportive. They're, yeah. They, I, I, I mean, well, let me get to your mom. But <laughs> but first, what is the story about? I, did, didn't I read somewhere or some, some there was some story that the first time you did stand-up, 
it was uh, it's at the at the end of the night. There was oh like one God. person in yeah. the. There's many. I, I'm assuming it was like one of those comedy store things where everybody gets a it's an open mic or something, and there's a list of people, and the crowd slowly dwindles as the night goes on, and you were up last. Is that the the case? There there were hundreds of those, but there was one specific <laughs> one where it was the first time uh-huh. I did stand up, but it was just in front of all comics, all oh. comedians. So it was, it's the worst case scenario. It's like a, a, it's the, for me. I was a drummer. I was in front playing in front yeah, of drummers. I'm a drummer too. It's yeah. Hell, yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's just like bottom of the barrel garbage, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. And so yeah, that that was the first set I ever did, September fifteenth, two thousand and fifteen, and it was just an open mic. It was in a dungeon. Wow, like you in remember a, these dates? These yeah, hundred percent burned yeah. into your memory. Uh, yeah, well, because yeah, because it's something I care about so much. Right. I, I, it's like very easy to attach the two. It was in a dungeon, pretty much. It was like a, it was, it was like an attic dungeon. Like okay. literally, it was in a. a is bu- an attic and a dungeon, up and down, the, both, both of them. Okay, both. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's okay. sketchy. <laughs> uh, all of comedy is just sketchy. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've performed in like <laughs> backyards in someone's basement. I didn't know there's no door. I, I performed in front of a dog because everyone else was gone and this, the owner was passed out drunk. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. I've done the bottom. But of the you wanted shit. to maintain the integrity of the gig, and 100%. so the dog was the. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm still talking about my dick jokes, <laughs> and the dog was like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, that that first ever set I ever did yes. was at this like attic-y dungeon. It was just comedians. Was this like, in Toronto? Toronto, yeah. yeah it yeah. was at this like random bar called the Central. It's gone now. It's like closed down, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, you you were walking on the floor. It's like, <laughs> 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 I couldn't even walk. And uh, at the time, I was like 350 pounds. Like I'm going through. No one, like everyone else is fine. I'm pummeling through this bar right so what happened was i didn't know this but in a stand-up comedy open mic what happens is you sign up on this list and what first come first serve mm. but i didn't know the politics behind stand-up comedy if there, even if there was any but what happened was i got there at 4 p.m early the open mic started at 6 you have wow, five, this is early this early is, this i was is, i was on top of it i traveled an hour on a streetcar with a crack <laughs> fair just trying to get a spot on an open mic right. i didn't know what i was doing right, and i was right. like 20 years old barely and so i'm going and i, I was like i'm gonna get there early show up punctual right. it's my first day right i'm like, making first it, I'm, I'm off to the central this is gonna be <laughs> yeah. the big gig yeah, yeah, my, yeah my parents are gonna be proud let's do it <laughs> yeah kinesiology <laughs> to a fucking dungeon let's do this so i go up and i sign up i'm first great i, I wait around 6 p.m. comes, everyone starts filing in, right? Everyone start, and now I start to get nervous. I'm like, oh, I've never done this before. I have to perform in front of random people I've never seen before. And I'm sitting there, and now the, the host goes up. And usually, if you don't know about stand-up comedy open mics, the host is also a comedian. Yes. But they some, sometimes host their own open mics. Right. In different they parts do of the a city. couple of minutes, then they say, okay, I start, okay now, I start the show. Let's get the yeah, train rolling. Tommy's going to come up. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shotgun style, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I'm sitting here, and the host goes up, and he's like, all right, guys, let's start the show. I think I'm first. I'm ready to get up with my massive <laughs> booklet of jokes. That I It's like an essay. Well, oh, you had you had the jokes written out. Oh, fully. And I'm, I'm going to kill it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not, right, yeah, but right. I, like I, I see the host go up and do his thing, but I'm like I'm blanking out. I'm like, how am I gonna read off this paper? Right. No one's gonna pay attention. Right. I don't know any better. And the audience is just the other comics, other who comics are there for the open mic who also don't give a shit about anyone. <laughs> right. right. They're just trying to do their bit, right. get to another right. open mic. Right. It's such an interesting and necessary initiation. It right? is. It's like there's really no <laughs> nobody in your business, no comedian cannot do this. This is no. There's no rite way. of passage. You have yeah. to do this stuff. Yeah. Well, also it's good for your own self to improve your. Your mic technique, your right, joke writing right, skills, right, right. your delivery, stage right. presence. But it's just all so these things hellish. Matter. It's I mean, it's hell. It's, yeah. it's, it's not for everyone. I actually <laughs> wouldn't recommend anyone go into comedy because of you this wouldn't. reason. 
no because that, and the people always people told me that like yo man like what's number one people ask like yo what's your advice if i want to get into comedy they always say don't do it because it's like it's not it's not for faint of heart yeah, you have to have right. the thickest skin right. go forever mm. this is you're in this if you're in if you're gonna do it you better go all in there's no pl- plan b as your and father that, said as my father 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah okay. exactly uh or else you're not eating tonight right so <laughs> the, i always had that naturally uh little like chip on my shoulder from the very beginning but some people don't have that and that's why they quit i've seen people quit in the past six years i've been doing stand-up comedy i've seen people come and go a lot but for me even though i knew i was like not the best i'm like i'm not the best joke writer not the best stand-up comedian i still want to push through because i know there's potential to be had and you're always going to improve if you just keep trying right i truly believe in that and i'm very confident in doing bad because you have to fail in order to succeed, right? Right, right, right. You have to make mistakes in order to get better. That, yeah. I understand if that's the one thing I actually was taught from a very young age uh, from, from my parents, naturally. So that's, I actually have that to thank them for. And also to have, just be confident in your in yourself and just put yourself out there if you can. It's one you know? of the things. It's it's like being in a band and um, doing gigs where you don't play the, the your, your hit songs. Yeah, It's, it's exactly. one of the things that amazes me about, you know, down the comedy store in L.A., you know, when I... I've hung out there and, and had friends who, someone like Maz Jabrani, who's, who knows he's got a killer 15 minutes. Yeah. So he's going to slay every time. But instead goes up and does these new jokes that are not funny. Yeah. because and I, and I just think, oh, that must be excruciating. Because you know you can kill. Yeah. But you got to practice. You got to work this, 100%. work out the kinks. You got to yeah. do what, you know. You, you never know how it's going to go on so any given night. So what happens at the Central? Oh, man. So <laughs> the host is, starts the show and I'm like ready to go up and he goes, all right, your first comic is, I don't know, Kevin. Like just Kevin. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, Kevin, that's not my name. So then the host comes off and I ask him like, hey, um, I thought I was first. I was like, me having this fucking ego. Like I'm first. <laughs> I didn't know any better. And he's like, oh, no, buddy. Like, what's your name? I'm like, oh, Nima. Nima Nazari. He's like, oh, no, sorry, man. Like, you're not going to go up for a while. And I'm like, what? What do you mean not going for a while? He's like, sorry, man. You're new. Like, no one knows you. Like, um, uh, I have to give priority to to, to seasoned vets. Sure. To, yeah. you know, um, semi-pro comics, pro comics, people I know. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm hearing this for the first time. I'm like, damn, it's really like that. <laughs> yeah. And that was a big reality check for me. That was the first reality check for me doing comedy. And it really humbled me from the very beginning because that whole night went through and I kept not hearing my name. You were every just other sitting person. there. I was yeah. sitting there like a donkey watching <laughs> these people go up also right, doing right, shit jokes. Right, right. Why were you a donkey? Well, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> okay. I, just, I just say that. I don't know. It's just some okay, fun yeah. word I think that <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. sense in this moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, so I'm watching all these people go up and, and, and it's making me norm, more nervous because I'm waiting, <laughs> knowing I, I still have to go up. Sure. But I'm also seeing all these And you other, can't enjoy yourself. I can't you can't enjoy. have a drink. You no, can't just like no, relax. No yeah. chance. I'm yeah, shitting yeah. my pants on the verge, <laughs> you know, like poking out. I'm trying to think about my dick jokes. I'm going to tell to nobody. And so I'm waiting and the, 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 the night keeps going and everyone keep, every comic who goes up immediately leaves right after they're set. <laughs> right, right, so it's right. like fucking get it. It's like getting a ticket and then you, you go into the stadium. It's like, where are you going? Right. Right. right? I didn't know when people just leave. So it's, it's. Slowly, slowly dwindling in terms d- of the diminishing audience. my confidence right. and yeah. presumably they don't all have binders when they go oh up, yeah they, they have their little notebooks oh, they, they do. have like okay. notepads okay. they, they right. like they yeah. check it like i see them like okay they, they look and then they they say the joke right falls flat <laughs> bombs all right cool um yeah so i was walking on the street the <laughs> other day about you know what i mean i see them doing okay. their thing and i'm like okay cool 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 whatever i'm getting more nervous and then it gets to uh the th- there, usually there's about 30 spots on a on a, an, any given open mic night mm-hmm. I was like, it was that 
uh, number 27 or 28. <laughs> and the host goes up, all right, guys, um, we only have uh, like seven minutes. I don't know if we're going to get the last few people up. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Are you serious? I've right. been waiting here since four. It's 930. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And so uh, I begged the guy. I was like, bro, like. I, and it's amazing. Even though that. I mean, you still knew that it was important to go through the the motions yeah, to yeah, do for this, sure. even yeah, though yeah, there's yeah. no audience there at this point. I yeah. had to because yeah. I I I that drilled in my head like I dropped out for a reason. Right? There's right, no going right, back. Right, right. I don't have a plan B. Right. I have to go through this. There's a kinesiology degree that's <laughs> yeah, on sitting. the cutting room floor. Exactly. Hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Right. And so I was like, "There's no way I'm not. I'm backing out. No chance." But it sucked. It really sucked. <laughs> and I was like, I begged the host. I was like, "Please, man, can you just put me on?" Like. It's my first time. Like, I just want to know how it is. I need to learn. He's like, all right, man, let's see. Like, I'll, I can probably give you like three minutes. I was supposed to do five. I was like, perfect. Whatever. Thank you. Right. So finally, I'm the last person. Literally the last, last person. The last person. And the two comics who went up before me actually had some decency and stayed. So I was oh, like, oh, okay. fuck. Well, at least there's at least yeah. a couple of me, right? Yeah. So I go up and I'm like, on the stage once again it's just like a mic and creaky floors i'm like telling a joke and it's like <laughs> as i'm talking and the other comics aren't even paying attention they're on their phone right not even chuckling i'm saying the worst jokes not even jokes and i immediately was feeling so humbled i'm like wow i suck i'm not funny i'm not as funny as i think i am but not that i'm not funny it's just that this is going to take a lot more work right and that was the first day that really like hit me. I was like, okay, well, all right, all right, let's the do this. Experience. You know what I mean? Like, it's I, I'm in this. You know what I mean? It actually motivated me. I was like, all right, okay. Interesting. It didn't crush you. No, it, it did for that for that few minutes. Uh-huh. But after when I was going home, it was exhilarating as fuck because I knew I did something that scared me. Right. And I, and I and I did and I did it. I failed, but it was the most scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Is it still scary to do an open mic or does no. it just get, no, it's, it's, it, you know it, that you can do it or it's, and you know, you might fall flat. Oh, but for sure. Cares and, I'm comfortable bombing now. Yeah. If you don't know what bombing is, it's when you just do a bad set on stage. Um, and, but the, but the thing is I always get nervous. I'm always nervous, but that means that that's a good thing. That means you actually care. Sure. sure. You actually want to do well. But as soon as I step on foot on the stage, I have the mic in my hand. I say my first joke. I'm like in my zone now and like it's just a bet not no I can't even describe put into words how good of a feeling it is when you're on the stage to be honest listen I so I said I wanted to ask about your mother I've got to ask about your mom she is amazing I mean thanks uh, as I say she has got to be your greatest asset at this <laughs> point. I think she is, uh, well, you can't say thanks. You, I, I guess you can take credit for her. <laughs> she should take credit for herself. Because of me. There is a long, I was trying to think about it, and even in a contemporary sense, there's a tradition of comedians working their parents into their humor. Some, in some cases, unwittingly. I don't know if you remember Tom Green, his yeah. early stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, His parents yeah. didn't want any part of that, but he would weave them in somehow. Yeah. But then there's someone Ambush. like David Letterman who would end up doing a regular segment on his you know, late night show calling his mother, you know, she became part of the, the audience loved it. Um, when did you first realize that your mom would be an asset in your comedy? Honestly, I think it did start when I was first imitating her at the parties, but now I just translated on video. So when I started my YouTube channel, after I dropped out, I started, I immediately started a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how can I, I have to start doing something. So I was like, okay, what's the closest thing to me? What's the thing that's easiest for me to do to start off? I was like, oh, let me just imitate my mom. Like I do in always, let me just do it on video now. Yes. And that first video actually blew up. It was actually me imitating my mom. It wasn't her actually in it. But once I saw that, the, the reception of me making fun of a Persian mom 
and how many people loved it. I was like, oh, you're going to be even funnier if my actual mom was in it. <laughs> so the next, the first video I, I did of her, uh, with her in it was me pranking her and telling her I do drugs and I sell drugs, right? But you will never see another Persian person, kid, doing that to their parents. You'll never see it. You've never seen that. Right. I had, I, I, but, but you were doing this seriously. I was she, seriously, she, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did ask you like. filmed you doing. Filmed it, like, so it was like camera. a Tom Green thing. You were. Yeah, yeah. I ambushed, messing with her. I, I yeah, ambushed yeah. her. <laughs> she had no idea. Uh, but the thing is that only happened because all those years of watching YouTube videos of other people doing it with their moms. Uh-huh. And I, I got that idea from other people. I was like, oh, like this is now I can do this. Right. I've always wanted to do this. So why can't, why can't I? And I know my mom is like, she's kind of a little bit, she's very like high alert, kind of paranoid, like very worried all the time. But she's also very funny. I'm like, it would be funny. I, I, I just had a feeling. So I, I pranked her and then like, she was like super like, oh my God, devastated if you see the video. But at the end when I revealed to her, oh, I'm just kidding. It was like such a cool feeling seeing her like, oh, you fucking you idiot. Like it's stupid. Like in a khafish or a bishur, like I'm not into or whatever. Seeing her react that way and the reception I got from that video People were hooked from the very beginning. Like, oh my God, I love your mom. And I was like, oh, okay. How do you go from that to convincing your mom to actually be part of things? Yeah. I mean, now she's an active <laughs> participant. Right. If you visit, which I'm sure, if there's anybody out there who isn't already following you, they, they must, by, after this interview, uh, go check out your Instagram channel, your YouTube channel, your website. Uh, and your mom is a feature character. I mean, she's one of the leads, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. uh, in the universe, in the Nima universe. Yeah. Uh, how did that happen? When did she agree to uh, to, to actually start being? Because Persian moms are, um, I mean, I still can't, you know, uh, get an interview with my mom. I mean, oh, she's, really, yeah? she's, you know, too private. <laughs> You know, she, she'll watch all my stuff, love it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, it doesn't want to be part of it. Yeah. You know, the, we, the, we don't do that. Yeah. You know? it, well, that's the thing. Persians typically, what they're known for is worrying too much about what other people think uh, of them. Of course. It's the judgment. Yes. They, they don't want, they don't, oh, what's this person going to think? What's this person going to say? Always worried about other people's opinions. But I, I had to change that for myself generationally. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, I didn't care what people thought from a very young age. I was like, I'm going to wear whatever clothes I want, say whatever I want. Like, obviously not reckless, but like, I, I just needed to be myself and not worry about the judgment of others. So with my mom, I, I saw how the first video went when I pranked her. And I was like, let me prank her again. I did it a couple more times and I saw that it got more and more views, more traction, more friends were calling. Oh my God, people from Iran were calling my mom. Like that was the funniest video I've ever seen. And she had no choice but to like be excited because they're laughing because she's also in it and she's funny. So she got a little sense of pride of like, oh, well they're laughing because of me. So she kind of like, she likes it. She likes the attention as much as I do with, you know, making people laugh. And so eventually got to a point where I was like, come on, let's just do one quick video where you say this whatever, react how you want. And she's like, okay, fine, hurry up. Ever since that day, every single time I put her in, more and more people see it. More yeah, and more people love yeah. her. And she can't help but deny all the love she's yeah, getting. Yeah. And she, she, she says And like, no one dislikes her. No. Even if they're trolling you. 100%. They probably, okay. you know, she is just she's, so she's lovable. Like, she's like this goddess yeah. that everyone looks <laughs> up to. And she reads the comments too. And she's, she, she always says like, no, Nima, like, what are you Like, Mananaza re, re, uh, re, uh, video. Like, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. screen. Yeah, like, don't put me on the camera. But, I'm, but then she reads the comments. She's like, oh, uh, maybe see what, see what these persons say. So I'm like, you, you like it. You like it deep down inside. Right, so um, it just kind of made her a little bit more comfortable, 
And then let me yeah. let me give people a, a quick sense of this. If uh, there's a very uh, there's a recent very funny video of you, you're still pranking your mom. Uh, yeah. You you're showing her something a TikTok video <laughs> that TikTok. that was banned uh, or that you know that TikTok removed. Banned, yeah. Your video was yeah. banned, and you were saying, "Mom, take a look at this. What what I posted, and this is what uh, let's play a bit of that." Okay, recently some of my videos on TikTok have been getting muted for some reason, but there are some videos that don't get muted. So right now, I'm gonna get my mom to review one of those videos. All right, click on it. Oh my God. Watch it again. Wow, oh my God. So it's a video of a naked woman and uh, pretty much her, her uh, booty and 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 you um, <laughs> does your mother ever actually get angry I mean after that did she go come on you can't post that <laughs> I, I, and, but and by the way that has thousands and thousands and thousands of views. Yeah. That people love that one. But uh, what 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 are the conversations that are had between you and her after something like that? So she always says like Nemo, like name to me, You can't put that up. And, but <laughs> but she says it in like a way where it's like okay, like I know you're gonna post it, right? But she just has to say because she's a Persian mom. That's what she's used to saying, being protective. But I'm like like you know why I post these things, and people love it. Like, relax. You know what I mean? Like, she just has that sense of, like, pride of, like, oh, I don't want people to see it. But she doesn't actually care. She we Yeah, she does get, like, uh, pissed off or, like, angry sometimes, like, off camera if, like, we're actually trying to film something together. And I get heated because I'm like, why can't you just, like, do this properly? But then she's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not an actor. But I'm like, I have to remember. Oh, like, like it's true. Like, she's not an actor. Like, I'm the actor here right, or the comedian. Right. She's not. She's just helping. So I can't even... It's hard for me to, like... Uh, to, to even like have the idea of getting mad so um, we just we always had that dynamic of like bashing heads but it works sometimes totally when, works. When, when it works it works when totally we're actually works. on the same page it's really good quality stuff you have this thing you guys are doing recently or a little more recently uh, with the Friday night dance videos mm. you and your mom yeah there's you know <laughs> and uh, it's unequivocally uh, adorable and fun and spontaneous how does that come about? Do you? Do, how do you actually orchestrate this? Do you say, "Mom, here's a song." Like, do you practice the dance together? I mean, really? How does it? Because it is, or is that just naturally what happens when you turn on the camera? So, with the Dance Friday segment that we start to do, I, I've been doing it for a while now, for a few months, several months, on my own. Uh, but the 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 essence of Dance Friday was me like dancing in, outside of my car. While my right. you know brother's driving and right. filming, like right. he, he's he's the behind the scenes guy doing the clips. Um, but then the, there was there were times on Fridays or that that week Thursdays or Fridays where it was too cold outside or was raining. I'm like, what can I do for Dance Friday? So I just did something on my own uh, the first time, which was uh, contemporary dancers be like whatever, <laughs> and I was just doing a weird dance. And then the next one, I put my mom in it to like react to me dancing that style. She's like, what the hell are you doing? Whatever. And I was like, oh, it'd be funny if I could just get my mom to dance with me on Dance Fridays. <laughs> She's a big part of the, you know, people love her, right? Yes, so yes. I did one video with her. It blew up. Like people, it was it went crazy. And the, once she saw that, she's like, okay, 
here's what I can do. Because she, she always like, oh, like I'll, I'll only film with you if I'm in the mood. Which is like sometimes she's always occupied with her own job and everything. So she's not really in the mood. But she's like, okay, here's the deal. I can do it with you, but you have to tell me in advance what you want to do. And we, we have to set a schedule. So I'll be like, all right, cool. Thursdays at this time, let's meet up, block out two hours so we can finish this 15-second dance. And on the spot, we'll choreograph something. But not, not too much, obviously. We're not dancers. <laughs> but like something like that's interesting, that's funny, we can do maybe a little bit of hair, you know, some Persian touch to it. And and she she actually has a chance to like her thing is like she doesn't like being put on camera if she's not, she's not like perfect looking perfect right of course tip top right? right right like the back to the image thing so she's like okay I only do it if you let me know in advance so I can dress up put some rouge some <laughs> lip lipstick you know what I mean uh, and so she, then she's she's super in the mood and that it's more fun that way and so instead of doing it like every other day or whatever we do once a week now. And she, she you actually, see, you, you still live with your parents? Yeah, yeah, I live at home. Yeah. What, what's going to happen when you move out? I mean, this is it's a, end of the what's world. What's going to happen to the act? End of the world. You know, it's, it's not <laughs> no, since Burns and yeah. Gracie. I yeah, mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't lose your partner. You <laughs> no, know? you see that that's that's that, that's the thing though. I made sure from a very from the very beginning to not make her the main part of my my whole thing. Uh-huh, right. The, I've made my brand it's uh, you. of me. It's true. Yes. She's yes, just yes. like a, an extension of yeah, me. Yes. So that's why I don't post her very often because I don't want people to be obsessed with like just seeing my mom. Right. I have all this other talent that you everyone can watch. You have to wait for this to happen. It's I wanted to make it more special. Besides, you still have to go up on Sundays for the Qaymer. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, 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 for the Khorma Sabzi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let me ask you about some of the characters and some of the work you do that isn't Persian. You, mm-hmm. you do a, another popular character called Luca Marino, mm-hmm. uh, an Italian guy. I yeah. guess like he's from like Canadian, Woodbridge or yeah. something, a Canadian-Italian yeah. guy. What was the inspiration for him? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I just kind of um, – I, I met a couple of people along the way in my life. I actually didn't grow up with Italians or Persians. I grew up with only Indians, Tamils, Asians, <laughs> and white people. Uh but Italians I met when I was like 18, 19, 20, 21, and I saw how they were talking and I'm like, I, I just naturally kind of like, it's it's their their lingo, their act, mannerisms is very connected with the, the, the nightlife world too, yes. with the club world. And like, I, I was- well, a certain kind of- Certain kind. Stereotype yeah. that you're doing. Yeah, 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 but yeah. exactly, yeah. So and also you kind of look. I mean, when you're doing your Italian guy, yeah. you look like an Italian guy. Of course, you, you, well, it's not the, like yeah. you, you got the look too. <laughs> that's right? the point, yeah. exactly. And but that's the that's the reason. That's the beauty of uh, why I do what I do as well is because I'm very racial ambiguous, and so I I, I can pass for many things mm-hmm. and get away with it as opposed to someone else who just like has one thing. I like I take pride in doing as many things as I can and being versatile, and I like doing. It. I love it, and so. I just met a couple people along the way. Same with the Persians. Like I just like I, I see someone, I meet them, I hear how they talk, and I immediately imitate. I'm always thinking of the joke. How can I make something funny? So out if of Luca were here right now, what, what would you say? I'd be like, bro, what the fuck is this room, bro? Like, <laughs> you know, it's black walls. But bro, buddy, where's the fucking flag? <laughs> you know what I mean? Bring a spro. What are you Agua. You know what I mean? I need a fucking spro, Bello. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? Right? So got the hands going, yeah, Luca. Bro, yeah, yeah, bro, right. you gotta fucking be more relaxed. <laughs> Right, yeah, right, yeah right. that's it. So, so yeah. you know, uh, you, you have a lot of fun with, especially with the Italian character, with the current premier, uh, Doug Ford, and <laughs> Doug and Ford. Rob Ford was uh, the former yeah. mayor of Toronto who, you know, had a lot of fans and mm-hmm. the you know so Scarborough Italian community and stuff. Right. Uh, and some of that intersects with a lot of Toronto specific humor, the mm-hmm. GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. There's references that are amazing for those of us who live in this city and have grown up in this city. Yeah. 
and yet you've got an audience that's growing around the world. You've mm-hmm. got a, a global audience. Do you ever wonder if people in other regions understand these references or, or do you care? To be honest, I just like doing things that I always say this. I like to do things that I know about. I like to talk about things and make jokes about things that I know that are comfortable for me to right. talk about. And so I don't actually think I, I don't. You're not going to do jokes about Israel, or, no, or no you know, California because you're not there. I don't. I, well, not even that. It's just that like I, I, I'm not going to put myself into a situation where I don't have longevity in that in that aspect, right? So I'll I'll talk about things. I'll make jokes about things that I actually know about that I'm familiar with that I that I, that I can do. That's easy for me to do to do and to learn. Um, you know, and so yeah, like I naturally gravitated towards the the GTA videos at first, but also it is very heavy Canadian Toronto centric. But also there are people around the world who watch these things who also get it because of the accent, because of the the mannerisms or the the lifestyle. Right. So it's like there's there's not only Persians in Toronto. They're in UK. They're in Germany. They're in Norway, Norwich, but in, <laughs> Iran, Norwich, Glendale, but the, California. You but know? in the scripting of it, in the thinking about it, do you go? Do you ever go? Well, if I do uh, Luca, you know, uh, wearing a Toronto Maple Leaf shirt and referencing Woodbridge, right. some kid watching this in Shiraz who's <laughs> liked all my videos yeah, is not yeah. going to understand what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's totally fine because I know I have that versatility where they'll they'll relate to something else that I do because I'm not just doing Luca Marino. I'm not just doing Woodbridge videos. I'm doing Persian videos, Russian, Toronto, Brampton, like Indian, Asian, Nigerian, Jamaican. Right, right, right. Like I'm all over the map. And I, 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 that's the point. I, I like to challenge myself and do more as well, which I'm currently working on now. So I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not in this business to cater to anyone. I'm still going to stay true to myself and do what I want to do. And naturally, you will get people who really want to fuck with you and support you to also like that stuff. I don't care to please anyone. I just want to do things that I think are funny. And if you like it, that's great. And if you don't, then I'm sorry. Like, there's so many other comedians to watch who do different things. There's a. It's funny when you say I'm. The, I'm working on things. Uh, that I, I read somewhere. I don't know if it was in some article or a bio or something where they said. Uh, um, he's currently working on an Irish accent, and I thought it was such a funny thing to read. It's like, do you sit in your you know basement and you yeah, just yeah, practice literally. being? Is that what you do? Hundred percent. Yeah. There. So there's some some accents impressions where like I just naturally it, it's easy for me to do. Yes. Just by listening to people. Yes. In Bob real back, life. You, it Bob comes back, out, I live it comes out of the DNA. Of it comes out of the pores in your hundred percent. Yeah. Same yeah. with like you know Luca Marino. Like you know maybe I see something on YouTube or like I'll uh, mimic someone I met in real life. But there are certain ones that I've never met in real life, but I watch on TV, movies, and I naturally gravitate towards them. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could do this accent. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very hard. I can't do certain accents at all. What's but, hard? I don't know. There's like, a, a, you know, Irish, Scottish, yeah. so you know, you're like not, you're not South African. I can't, you know what I mean? Like, there's very hard for me because you know, there's just certain like intonations and, and the way they, they say certain words that I just don't fully understand yet. Or I just haven't grasped yet, mm. um, but with everything else in my life that I've done, I just I, I can I know I can do it if I just practice it more. And if I if I literally sit in my fucking my basement <laughs> watching YouTube tutorials for seven hours and start That's what doing I was it on my well, own, it, it, I can how, do it. how do you practice it? You watch a, a you are there YouTube tutorials on how to develop an Irish accent? Well, yeah, there's there's videos who I'll just watch actual shows that Irish have people. Irish speaking accents <laughs> right, 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 or right. like, you know, uh, Nigerians people doing videos, right. Jamaicans, like everything. 
and I'll just sit there and like I'll like literally I'm I'm practicing what they're saying in real time just to get it in my own head. And sometimes right. I'll record myself so I can listen back to it and see the difference. It's part of what makes you feel um, what what makes one feel uh, a kinship in terms of being a Torontonian watching this yeah. because. Uh, like you do the Jamaican guy calling Doug Ford or Rob Ford, you know, and and but and because Toronto for anybody who's listening out there who doesn't know this, I mention it often, but it is the most multiracial major city in the world. It is yep. literally the most multiracial city in the world. Yep. So it's perfect fodder yeah. for different accents. 100%. Still, I have to you know address the the appropriation question because we live in a really sensitive time around race, around cultural appropriation. And, and I'm curious how you walk that line. In other words, do you ever worry or do you ever have somebody saying, you're not allowed to do that Chinese accent. We'll give you a pass with the Persian guy, <laughs> but you know you, that is offensive when you are doing a Chinese guy. Yeah. What, what do you, how do you respond to that? Like I, uh, like I mentioned before, there are always gonna be people jabbing at you or hating on you or saying something negative about a certain video you're doing just because they don't like it. And they think they know what's right for me. But I can't, like I said, I can't cater to anybody because if I start listening to everyone who says, oh, you can't do this accent, you can't do this accent, you can't do this video, don't make fun of Persian, don't make fun of this. If I listen to every single one, what am I left to do? Just be silent? So I have to stay true to myself and do what I think is funny, what I think is right, what I enjoy doing in life and like I said, I'm doing with the right intentions. I know my intentions. But you have parameters, clearly. I mean, you're not, yeah. you know you're not going to do the N-word. Well, no. Right? That's a, that, well, that's the thing. It's like So for some people, this might be the N-word. You know, you doing a Chinese thing. I mean, I, you probably get the comments. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm sure somebody has said, this is appropriation. How dare you? Yeah. You know, you're not allowed to do this. 100%. Forget about trying to appease them. I'm... I'm I want to know what you, in your own conscience, uh, in in your own uh, decision making, uh, you've clearly, you know, you're clearly not somebody who wants to actively be offensive or you know, yeah. or, or hates certain races sure. or something. So how you've come to come to go? This is okay, you know. Mm-hmm. This is hey guys, this yeah. is okay. How is that? So there's a couple things. One is I grew up around the most diverse group of friends. I grew up with Indians, Tamils, Chinese. Uh, Japanese, Arab, English, black, white, right? So I grew up around all these people. I grew up listening to their parents, going over to the houses, you know, uh, talking to them, learning about their culture. Mm-hmm. I'm very, uh, very cultured, I'd say. And, and that's that's the beauty of growing up in Toronto. Yep. And that's why I feel like I'm at an advantage where I can do these things because I know these people and I grew up with these people. And the thing is, comedy is subjective. What's what's offensive to somebody might not might be completely right. inoffensive to another person. There may be nothing you can do that isn't going to be offensive to somebody. That, that, but that's the thing. It's like that's why right. I go back to I can't cater to anyone because what am I going to be left with if I keep listening to people who say this is offensive? It's offensive to you, but to this so person, where's the they line love for it. you? What's the li- how do you whatever I think is comfortable? I okay. whatever I think is good enough for my. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. There's no specific line for me. It's just that. Is this funny to me? I, I the way I, the way I know there's a boundary is if if I'm debating if I should say it or not. Mm. Like if I if I if I'm if I'm more leaning towards oh I don't know, then yeah that's probably best that I don't do it because it's not true to me. I have to stay true to myself. You know, there's something you said a, a, a few moments ago or a few minutes ago, maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, where you were talking about 
um, I think it was when you were talking about the comedy club experience and, and learning how to not, oh, you're talking about Persians caring about what others think yeah, and yeah. how you've let go of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I was listening to you say that and I was envying you because I, I actually believe you. I believe that you have been able to to unburden yourself of those chains that so many of us feel growing up, whether it's because we're first generation immigrants or whatever it is. That it, oh my God, what are they going to think? Oh, what they, oh my God, you know, what's this comment I got on YouTube? Oh my God, yeah. this person hates me. Oh my God, this is my reputation, whatever. Um, and I see it in the work you do because the one of the reasons you're funny um, if you don't, if my me, you know, sure. <laughs> commenting on why I think you're funny, but <laughs> but it, is that it feels authentic? Like you, there's a freedom to it. You're not, you know, yeah. you don't look self conscious when you're doing these things. You look comfortable in a way that, and and it, nor are you having a wink like, look at this racist thing I'm saying. You know, you are no. you are just truly. Uh, if you were to try and teach someone mm-hmm. how to unburden themselves from that caring that that Persian instinct or whatever it is to care what others think, how did yeah. you do it? Uh, part of it has to be some innate ability to just be free and to just kind of do what you want and just have the confidence to just go for what you actually want and have a passion for. If you have a passion for something, it's very easy to do that because you're like, I can actually work towards something. But for me, I'm lucky. I, I really truly found what I'm truly passionate about. And there's one thing that I'm, I'm really good at and I'm shit at everything else. So I'm like, I don't have any other choice. And I love it. I love it more than anything. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing. There are other things where yeah, I love. I also love, but not as much as comedy. Mm. And so the burden of like worrying about what people think or having taken the risk of dropping out or doing something that might not be considered, you know, proper or you know, respectable in a in a Persian or immigrant family. You have to go for it. I, I thought when I was doing this, I was like, there's nothing else I'm good at. Like, I, And also, I don't care about anything. Mm. I finally found something I care about and I'm interested in. Why wouldn't I do it? Like, I'm tired of feeling pressured to do something because someone else thinks they know better for me. I know me the most. Even if I'm delusional, I still <laughs> know me the most, right? But at the time, I just kind of felt it. It was innate. It was, it was just a big intuition. I had a big gut feeling and I went for it. And I, I've never been happier. And I, I think I'm a true uh, testament to that, where I actually went for something I wanted and I've, I've never felt better. And I think that's, the, the, that's a very powerful thing to, to understand, is to really know deeply what you want. Nima, I was thinking about the success you've had. Um, and I mean, you've been doing this now for a few years, but really in the last 18 months, it's, yeah, it's, it's skyrocketed. I mean, it's a new level, right? Yeah, if anything. And, yeah. and that has... Uh, from the dungeon to the uh, to the real attic, <laughs> you've, you know, uh, you you know, and that has intersected. I mean, the success has been in social media. The success has been on platforms where you can make videos. The success has been people watching on their devices what you do, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, etc. That's intersected with the pandemic, and um, so in a way. And you wouldn't be the first person. It's it's actually the pandemic hasn't been super bad for business for you. You know, yes, you can't do tour dates as a comedian or whatever. But in terms of the sweet spot you've hit, it's actually been a boon. It's been a great time. Let me turn it around. Are you freaked out that once people 
get back to normal, you know, going out on a Friday night that they're not going to be watching NEMA videos? No, not at all, because I was still doing well before the pandemic in a very smaller scale. Now it's just a larger scale. But that's the thing. It's not only me doing videos. Now I can do live shows. Now I can get out there and actually do more things. So more pranks, more street interviews, more stand-up gigs. There's more opportunities that way. But this is, I treat this as a bonus, to be honest. It's not my main thing. I don't treat one thing as my main thing. I, I treat everything as the main thing. I think doing videos, acting, doing stand-up, uh, YouTube videos, you know, street interviews, pranks, it's all linked together. It all helps each other out. And I, I treat it as one thing, right? as opposed to like, this is a side thing, this is that. When I think of it that way, it makes it so much easier and, and, and so much pressure is lifted off my shoulders that I have to go all in on stand-up comedy, right, right. I have to all in on writing. Right. I'm doing it all, and I want to do it all. It's all part of the brand. It's all part of the brand, and mm. there's so much time. I'm not in a rush. This is a long game, okay, and I, and I was a running joke with my brother, but <laughs> I, I, it naturally comes to my mind right now. Uh, I, I, I look up to someone by the name of Gary Vee. I don't know if you know him, but... He's a he's a businessman. He's a, he he owns uh, you know a wine business. He's he's a he's all over social media. He's a very motivational speaker, and he pretty much talks about just do just doing, going out there and doing stuff. Right. And we I learned a lot from him, and he pretty much talks about like it's a, just have patience. Like it's micro speed, macro patience. Right. It's a do mar- do it's a, a lot marathon, not a sprint. A, exactly. Do yeah. a lot every day. Yeah. But think way ahead. So that's how I see it. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not in a rush. I, I know what I'm doing every day. And I, do and my I best presume and with that philosophy, you don't live and die by each video you put out. No. If you put something out that gets a few thousand less clicks than the last one, you're okay with that. Now I am. <laughs> At the beginning, it was tough. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. Obviously, there's times where I'm insecure or I'm not fully confident as it may seem. Like I, there's times where I'm doubting myself. Days where I'm like, I don't know if this is good. I don't know if I'm even good enough, or I don't know how. Like, what's going to happen? My future is uncertain. Mm. But I always come back to the fact that, well, it's not that serious. Everyone's everyone's dealing with something in their life. Like, I'm not special. No one else is special. We're all human. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails. The whole point is to just be resilient and keep going forward. I truly believe in consistency more than anything. Mm. Doesn't matter if you're shit or bad or good. If you're consistent, you will get better. I truly believe in that. And that's where it's worked for me. And I've seen it. It's the proof is all there. And that's what helps me keep going, honestly. And I, the, the video you're talking about, like, you know, if I post a video and it bombs, it gets a few thousand less views. I don't give well, a nothing shit. nothing you put out bombs. But, Sometimes but, it does. But, but some, is it less, does. Uh, some are less, is, less, less than popular. other. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I, I post something and it does bad. I'm like, literally the, an hour later, I'm like, okay, here's the next video. Right, I don't give right. a shit. Because, and, because also, it, it, no one cares. I have to remind myself, no one gives a shit. <laughs> like, they care, but they don't. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, the No, no one, one is out f- there living and dying no, by Dima's by career. That. So, no, one's, yeah, yeah. no one's living by me doing fucking BJ videos. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the like, same way, like, no one just no one gives a fuck because they have so much to worry about in their own lives. Yes. This is just a small, so small micro we moment. We obsess of our own little yeah. worlds. And no yeah. one, even, no, no one's going to remember this video. Yeah. Yeah. It's two minutes from now. They've seen, they scroll once, they've already seen seven more posts. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. So 
that's been really easy for me. It's been Although really, some really of your videos, I mean, there's been a few where t- 10 different people sent them to me like over a course of a few days. So, that's great. That's so the they point. don't disappear right away in your case. But that's that's the positive side of it. Well, there, there's that side and then there's a side where it's like people, that's all they're talking about. Right. But that's the whole reason of doing more. You're going to get those ones. It's trial and error. You, it's a numbers game. You've also, you said on a, a, a podcast or something I heard you on, you dropped something, but it really wasn't followed up on. You, you said uh, that the quarantine has actually been a good time for you to address uh, your own mental health. Yeah. And I thought that was a really it's kind of a beautiful thing to say. I mean, you're a guy in your mid-20s. I mean, just to even have the awareness to talk about mental health. Um, what, what, what were you referencing? There were so many things I neglected in my own life that I didn't even think about until the pandemic happened and I'm lucky enough to have people in my life who actually care and have a tight circle now like especially you know my older brother he, he's a big part of the reason why I'm even doing what I'm doing in the first place literally Omid yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he's also a big influence in terms of the mental health part because I was I didn't even think about that until he even mentioned it to me when the pandemic hit I was at a time in my life where I was very overweight even more than now uh, but I wasn't I wasn't feeling good I was eating shit I was sleeping late waking up late not taking care of my my mental health my physical health emotionally I didn't know how to speak to people properly as anger issues like so many things uh, that, that like I I wasn't working on actively I was just kind of like going by and whatever like just doing I was 100% career mode worrying about my comedy and 0% Nima Nazari the human and so when the pandemic hit, it was a perfect time. It was, uh, it, was, it was actually no better moment for me to actually hone in on me for once in my life. And so I did take a month. I took a whole month off. I was going to say, what was the first step? That's amazing. So right? I, 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 realized my, I, I, I remember I was, in, I was doing stand-up uh, in Ottawa. And I was on a mini tour in Montreal, Ottawa. I was in El Paso in the States earlier before that. And I was like feeling like garbage, and I had I have a I have a, I have a thyroid problem where it's hypothyroidism. So it, it's like my immune system kind of like attacking against me, where it's easy for me to gain weight, feel sluggish mm-hmm. in the mornings. It's just like a, it's uh, Hashimoto is the name of the disease, mm-hmm. and so I, I was just a, at a very bad point in my life where I was neglecting everything and not caring about my health. And I told my brother, I was like, "Yo, man, when I come home from this tour or whatever the fuck you want to call it, I need help." I asked for help for once because I was like, I don't want to live this way anymore. Do you, it's tough. What, what was the precipitant for that? What What was the low point that made you? That's an amazing call to make to your brother. Yeah, to, I just, to, to, to recognize that. What, well, what, what was it? Also, I I, I I like I don't have money. Like I'm not make I'm not I'm not well off in my life yet. Like I I, I like how am I gonna do well in comedy if I can't even wake up properly every morning? Mm-hmm. If I can't eat properly? If I'm fucking out of breath? So the day you called over, your brother, what was happening? I just I had enough. I had this like tr- like natural feeling of like you know what I just I've been thinking about this for a few weeks and I, I didn't know how to come about it. But I was like at a point I was sleeping on my friend's couch in Ottawa, so uncomfortable doing basic gigs at a comedy club for fifty dollars. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I, I ha- like I'm not. And I, I stopped worrying. I stopped caring about like the actual videos I was putting out. I was still doing them, but. I, I was completely losing focus mm. of the true reason and purpose why I was doing comedy in the first place. And I was getting distracted by outside sources like girls. I was getting too involved with girls or, you know, like too much uh, nonsense on social media, scrolling, like watching other things, stopping pretty much what I'm doing 
and doing the bare minimum. Mm. And I realized this is all linked together. And I was like, you know what? I can't. Like, if I want to be successful, I have to get help and I have to work on myself more. And that was the moment. I told him, I went home and immediately I changed the way I eat. Lifestyle completely changed. My diet, um, you know, uh, physical activity. Like, you said you took a month? What, took a month off. What, what does that mean? You, do, do, I completely stopped doing anything uh, work related, like comedy, anything, everything. Wow. everything social media I, I didn't even check my phone for a month wow yeah because i desperately that, needed a change it was it was exhilarating it was great it was i was actually a very monumental key time uh, in my life like i needed that i realized how much help i really needed and was, I, it, was it almost scary to go back into turning the phone on after no feeling, feeling like you had gotten healthy without it yeah no, no I, I i it was actually relieving understanding uh why i'm even doing this in the first place it kind of made me realize more about the true reason of why i started and it gave me a fresher perspective going into it again like i actually realized that i don't really care too much about the social media part of things i just deeply love making people laugh mm. that's all i want to do is make people laugh create content videos whatever it is in whatever form and so i realized okay well there's no structure in my life that's what I realized. The big, the biggest thing I realized was I have no structure in my life. I just, I'm just going by every day, making videos on the spot, yeah. getting mad, and if yeah. it's not working, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so that was when I started to change. I started to eat better. I started to fast. I started fasting, intermittent fasting. It's been the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. I've never felt better. Um, I, I started working on the negative habits that I've had. You know, trying to sleep. That's why you got the big bo bottle of water. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the intermittent fasting. Of course. I mean, yeah. like, it's, yeah, this is a part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I cut out like things that are junk for me, like processed foods, like sugar. You've got the skin of a a baby. That's I mean, it. I'm uh, like a tortoise. You know what I mean? Like smooth. <laughs> Rub my face, baby. You know what I'm saying? But for real, I I was so fed up with how I felt inside. I'm like, I don't want to do comedy. I want to fucking lie down and eat pizza. Why the fuck am I even thinking? Right, so, right. and so I ch I start to work on the the habits that I need to, to to fix. You know what I mean? Having a morning routine, a night routine, writing down my thoughts. Simple as that. Meditation, which I barely even do now, but I, now I just do more mindfulness, which is you know journaling or writing my thoughts mm -hmm. down. Having a planner. We use a planner. I use a planner now every day to write out my schedule. You I didn't do that before. Never in my life wow. I did that. Now I'm more organized than ever. I was never an organized person. Sounds like you're lazy. You're really lucky to have your brother. I am. Honestly. I'm very grateful. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It's and you know why he was able to help you? Why? Because he's got a background in kinesiology. <laughs> those, those. <laughs> before exactly. he quit, yeah, yeah, exactly. he learned. You know, yeah, uh, that's how it. To <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but we we were we're both on the same path. We're both on the same path of like that. That's the thing too is having someone else there with you to do with you makes it so much easier and 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 i should mention that you and your brother do a podcast together too, yeah, yeah straight and curly, and curly podcast, yeah and uh, a show about nothing yeah it shows about nothing but it's enjoyable to listen to <laughs> thank you, you yeah you two talk it. to each other yeah um let me turn it around and 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 uh talk about the positives of what's happened yeah. as you've come out of that are you tingling in terms of how just how much success you've you've how things have skyrocketed these these viral i mean after a while the numbers are just the numbers but you know they've gone from the tens to the 20s to the hundreds to they're they're in hundreds of thousands they're in millions uh how does that feel to you i mean i know you're not a you're not driving a mercedes or something yet i don't even have a car you don't even have a car yeah. you, you know but but <laughs> yeah. you can see 
how this has grown. Was that a surprise? No, uh, I, I knew it, it all makes sense how it's going right now. But it's all because of consistency from the six years ago till now. I haven't stopped. Weekly videos to daily to two times a day. Except for the month. Except for the one month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a l- bunch of other times in between. But the point is uh, I've built this foundation over the six years. People look at video today. They'll see a video. I'm like, oh, this guy's not funny. This guy, oh, this guy's just lucky. He just got clout for one video. He just started last week. People, 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 people have no idea. But I know I started six years ago, and I've been busting my ass this whole time just to get a few thousand views. But I'm not worried about the numbers right now because I know, once again, longevity. It's a long game. I know I'd but rather you know take what, the long You know term. what you want to do. Yeah. Right? This is what you want to do. You're yeah. doing what – that's – there's I no mean, better feeling, man. No, there's, no, there's people who are decades it. into their life who still Hate haven't it. figured out Miserable. what they want to do. Yeah. yeah. I never and I never feel that way and I never want to feel that so way. So what's the dream? What's the teenage girl, <laughs> teenage boy, yeah. uh, Nima dream? Where where do you want to take this? Um Jennifer Lopez to be my wife, but um yeah. Freaking Ben Affleck. But no, um I wanna I want to do it all, man. I want to be like the. I want to get to Kevin Hart level. I want to be big. I want to be arenas, arenas. I want to tour the world doing stand-up comedy. Just do things I love with the people I love every day. I don't even care to be rich. I just want to be and I have enough money to invest back into me, into my brand, to just do more of it. That's all. I don't care. I don't care if I have uh, ten million or you know a hundred thousand. I just want to do things I love every day and not and have the freedom to do it every day with the right resources with the right people around me and you know i want to be a big movie star one day i want to be in big tv shows i want to act and everything i want to write scripts i want to i want to be i'm gonna still do content on online i just want to do shit i like i never want to be restricted i can't say fuck i can't say you know other words that might be deemed wrong or offensive i don't give a shit about that i was gonna i was gonna ask you about that when when you were talking about the freedom to do what you want to do uh, about you know if some big festival came to you now and said we'd love to have you on we're gonna put put you on the main stage but you can't do any of the accents you know you can't do some of this or that would you still take the gig well, it depends because it's not just my because uh, in my stand up, it's not just me doing accents. No. I have other material. I'm right? saying so, if they gave, if they put parameters on you, right. would you say would that how how much of a deal breaker would that be? How how libertarian are you about needing to <laughs> right, you know, do, my do, own do thing? your own thing? It depends because if I have other things I can do, I'm actually okay with that. It, it, it depends. There's there's times where I'm like, oh, like I I I'd, I'd rather just not do it. But I have to. It's just, it's a case by case thing because. They could say you can't do accents, but I have other shit I could do. It's fine, but I, I, but I probably would lean more towards like, nah, I'd rather not do it. Because what if I want to do it? What if there is a certain joke that requires an accent? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just. I love the. I love your ambition. I think, uh, and uh, I love your understanding of how committed and consistent you need to be. And and the greatest thing of all is you love what you do. And that's. Uh, I mean. Uh, man, that 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 that's a beautiful thing, and I I, yeah. I would guess that those around you, your family, your brother, your mother, uh, all of them see that and yeah. and get the energy from that too. Um, do you think you'll stay in Canada? Yeah, uh, I I don't. I think I'll definitely travel the world a lot, definitely. But not, I like not, we're not going to lose you to L.A. <laughs> the, the, see, the thing is, you could have one of those um, Beverly Hills Beverly Persian, Hills Persian homes with That's the. It. 
with a Colosseum type, uh, yeah, you know, uh, ornate, uh, yeah, ostentatious kind of a, yeah, exterior. Just have, just have nuts everywhere, cashews, <laughs> peanuts, piste, <laughs> you know, tokman, whatever tokman, tokman. But yeah, no, I, 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 I just want to taste everywhere. I want to, I just want to travel the world and see new things, new places, new people. But this is my home. I love Canada. And yeah, like I don't mind. I don't mind having this as my home base. I, I actually would prefer if I can go travel the world and then have somewhere to come back to, which is Canada, as long as I'm not restricted or like Justin Trudeau says I can't say right. as stupid anymore. Then I'm gone. We're yeah. gonna play this back to you in five years when you're sitting in your mansion in Vegas. And <laughs> I love Vegas. <laughs> you said you would stay in Canada, bro. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. Really. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, thank I you for doing this. Thank you for coming in. Uh, thank you for your candor. Uh, and congratulations on all that you've been doing. And I can't wait to see what's, what's next and to keep in touch. Yeah, hey, it means a lot, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, this was a great conversation, so I appreciate it. Cheers, brother. Thank Take you. Take care. Nima Nazari, an Iranian-Canadian comedian and actor who is an ongoing viral success in social media these days. His very popular Instagram channel is called Nima Naz, N-E-E-M-A-N-A-Z, Nima Naz, and his website is also nimanaz.com. Nima Nazari joined us live in the Rook studio today. seat fabulous key on the microphone's back on for captain reza and groovy shia uh it was great yeah. having new nima here how yeah. about that uh, nima i saw you on the other side of the glass uh, yeah. with a smile on your face i was really enjoying that i you know this i i was already a fan of nima like for years now i've been following him and i have to thank this man he really his videos got me through the pandemic. This man kills me every day. Like, you know, it's it's one thing to produce, like, you know, one funny video a month or something. This guy does it every week, like almost daily, I'd say. Um, but the th part that surprised me was the whole, the last 20 minutes of um, his talk on mental health. That, you know, I so appreciate that he brought that up. That's something that we need to discuss more so. And um, you just don't think of comedians uh, in that light. You kind of just look at him. Oh, he's so funny. He's great. But like the fact that he was open to talk about that and address it, it's it's it speaks volumes about his character. Yeah, I really appreciated how, as I said at the end there. Thank you for your candor. Yeah. I mean, I, I I really didn't know if he would open up about that the way he did, and and uh, it's very helpful. It's great yeah. that he that he was as as candid as he was, and it's also great that we had a guest on the show that um, that uh, you like, Keon, <laughs> as opposed like to what you normally have to say <laughs> about the guests who yeah. come on. No, but really, uh, I wish I really uh, this kid's going to be a star. Watch yeah. out for him. I yeah. I believe that for sure, Captain Reza. For sure, for sure, he's going to be a star, and because he for two reasons: one, he knows exactly where he wants to be. Yeah. Mm. Like his idol is uh, Kevin Hart, and he knows exactly what he wants to do, and he loves it. He's not doing it because there is money in it, because there is prestige, because it's a good image for his family. No, no, no. no. He's doing it because he loves every single minute of it, and 100% yeah. he's going to be a star. I'm so proud of him. Super focused, knows what he knows what he loves, mm -hmm. and he's got the advantage of having his brother too, who's yeah. 
awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. his brother in terms of helping guide the ship and, and being there as a support. Totally. I mean, that's just a, uh, what a dynamic duo they are. Uh, Groovy Shia? Uh, what I want to mention uh, is not about Nemo, actually. Mm. It's about the difference between uh, in-person interviews mm. and underlying interviews. Yeah. You are mm. a great interviewer, no doubt, but the dynamic is, uh, you know, it's very different when you interview somebody and you can look into it. It's so mm. much better for me. There's no mm. doubt about that. It's uh, there's a, you can read the person, feel the energy. They can, they see me telegraphing. I'm about to speak. I'm going to cut you off here. I'm going to. Yeah. So there's a flow. Although talking to him was, uh, I suspect anybody could do a good interview with him. He's a he's a. Uh, lovely guy and, yes. and very forthcoming and very funny. I should mention that uh, you can become a patron of Rook by going to our website, rookmedia.com, rookmedia.com, and support us there. Um, we're figuring out we're going to make something exclusive to people who are patrons. Lap Maybe dance. it'll be that's right. Lap dances <laughs> with Raza <laughs> executed by Savvy Rohan. <laughs> 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 sort of like losing patrons. <laughs> People will pay <laughs> No, we'll 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 but we will make it worth your while. But in the meantime, I mean, we send a, a thank you note and stuff. But we're really going to basically move something behind the paywall, as they would say, you know, so you get extra content, etc. If you become a patron, we're figuring that out. Like it took us the first six months to figure out our website. <laughs> but in the meantime, rookmedia.com is the site, and you can become a patron for five bucks a month, ten bucks a month. Uh, to help uh, crowdsource this project. Uh, that would be great. We see the list. We love you. Those of you who become patrons, really appreciate it. And you can subscribe on any of our platforms for free. So by all means, do that as well. It is Thursday. You all know what that means. She's a dear friend, a diaspora blend, a gym workout cat, and a bicultural brat, but lovable, smart, and funny, and on a journey to discover what we actually discovered. Here we go, Bachaha. It's all Persian to us with Kian Nadimi. <laughs> Well, you gave us a, a tip off earlier saying mm -hmm. you thought this is the, the, the biggest, the most important contribution that yes. uh, Persians have, have given to the world. So I'm riveted. I'm, I'm standing at attention. What is it? I Let's go. I can without a doubt say that this is, in fact, the greatest Persian contribution to human civilization of all time. Listen, guys, this is the big kahuna. Ooh. This is actually one of the main reasons why I'm, me personally, why I'm proud to be Persian. Wow. But first, allow me to remind everyone about something. Humans have roamed the earth for 200,000 years, and civilization as we know it is about, what, 6,000 years old. And yet we still haven't figured out how to all live harmoniously in this world. Being different culturally is sadly still a major cause for violence and terror. From the Middle East, all the way up to the so-called civilized nations in North America. Just this past week alone, it was revealed that the remains of 215 indigenous children were found buried at a residential school in Canada, mm -hmm. a country that likes to pride itself on a reputation of cultural acceptance. But Canadians know we have our own dark past here as well. So let's not be hypocrites here. We're still a long, long way from reaching equality, if ever, in this world. 
Well, maybe we need to take a step back and look into the past. Perhaps we can learn from it. History does, in fact, repeat itself. The year was 539 BC, when the armies of Cyrus the Great, the first king of ancient Persia, marched into the streets of Babylon, where the people were suffering at the hands of a cruel and unjust king. Cyrus, known as the King of Kings, overthrew the vicious Babylonian king Nabonidus, the son of an even crueler king before him, Nebuchadnezzar, who had tormented his subjects for decades. So the King of Kings proceeded to free the thousands, if not millions, of slaves in Babylon, most of which were Jews. He gave them passage back to resettle and rebuild Jerusalem. And by the way, this was all predicted in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible a few hundred years before. It predicted a foreign messiah would free the Jews from captivity and help them return to Jerusalem. Chills. The Bible actually mentioned Cyrus's name 23 times, which is uh, kind of interesting to me. Uh, anyway, so if abolishing slavery and liberating the Jews wasn't enough, Cyrus then released a decree. It declared that all men and women were free to choose their own religion, speak their own language, and maintain their own culture under Persia. So to recap, he established racial equality in 539 BC. This was all recorded officially in the form of a clay cylinder that came to be known as the world's first ever Charter of Human oh, Rights. Right. Yes. And from Persia, the idea of human rights quickly spread to India, Greece, and eventually even Rome. Today, it's known as the Cyrus Cylinder, which also served as the blueprint for Britain's Magna Carta in 1215 and the U.S. Constitution in 1787. Wow. Yeah. This 2,600-year-old artifact still to this day serves an important lesson many millenniums later. It's a reminder that during times of great injustice and intolerance in the world, all it takes is for one person to step in and make things right by spreading love instead of hate and acceptance instead of disapproval. Let it be known that the concept of freedom spread from the East to the West, from Persia all the way to the US. The irony is, of course, that it seems to have gone the other direction at present. Persia, modern-day Iran, a once thriving nation that introduced human rights and freedoms to the rest of the world, has since lost its way for its own people. But like I've said before, history does in fact repeat itself. So I have no doubt that the ancient land of Iran will soon see another messiah who will bring freedom back to its own people once again. It's all Persian to us. Oh. Very nice. Human rights. Yeah. Have you have you seen the Cyrus Cylinder? It's yeah, in the it's British in, in Museum. London. Yeah, 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 I have seen it actually. How did you feel when you saw that? Um I was a bit hungry that day. <laughs> uh, That's a disappointment. So, oh, sorry. Right. No, I no, I was. Uh, <laughs> I think I had a cold. No, I, I felt uh, honestly. Uh, you're right. It's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. You, you yeah. see it. It's preserved. It's sitting in a kind of a case and uh, yeah. and a glass case and and no, it's it's a a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. It's really how, how large is it? Not that it's large. not that big. It's, no. I mean, like, how do you, what do you compare Size it to? Of like, like a, a forearm? Like a log. Yes. Yeah, like a, a log. log. That's like right. a, yeah, 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 yeah. A log you put on a fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah but it's, a, it's, it's an amazing story that, uh, I mean, it's one of those things where we, we tend to 
in an obnoxious way. I think that we invented these things, you know, in the 21st century, the 20th century, you know, human rights or whatever. And, and, and no. these are not concepts that are, are new. They're, they're, they go back, and, and, and in this case, they go back in our own lineage right. thousands of years. Well, this was a time that slavery was prevalent all over the world. And you, so this, this man, Cyrus the Great, stepped in and changed the game in a sense. And it's like, it's just the sad part to me is that still to this day we haven't like this isn't a universal concept like it's still not accepted widely and that to me is yeah, appalling I mean, some people even supported trump in the last election <laughs> oh sorry keon uh. <laughs> and that's the show everybody <laughs> No, you know, I, I mean, I wonder, you, I think you said at one point, uh, in times of great injustice and intolerance, all mm -hmm. it takes is one person to step uh, in. I mean, uh, that certainly, Cyrus, you know, there's these legendary characters, yeah. but I sometimes wonder about the one person thing, the, the, you know, whether one person can, can you know, it's a collective that makes right, the difference. Right, it is a collective, you know? but it just, you need a leader, let's face it. Like, mm. even, let's say, for example, if um, if a revolution happens in Iran, well, we need someone to replace this government. Mm -hmm. Who's that going to be? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be the leader, you know, leader? Shia. <laughs> yeah. He can uh, teach us proper Persian. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Pons <laughs> He can say the word for uh, encyclopedia. Um Thank you, Keon. A uh, great one, uh, and uh, you're right. That is a what's bigger than that, really. Uh, I mean, alcohol. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's true. He has a good point. Alcohol right. may have had a greater impact. I on, stand corrected on, on the world than human rights. Uh, and alcohol and the yachchol, the <laughs> fridge put together. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a combo pack, that's more it's a lot, lot more than uh, human rights. Yeah, I mean, so you have no human rights, but you've got some, got your beer and a cool <laughs> freezer. Shots, you know. <laughs> Uh, thank you for that, uh, the fabulous Keon. Thank you, Groovy Cheyenne. Thank you, uh, Captain Reza. That is full time for Rook for today. For all things Rook, including previous editions of It's All Persian to Us, you can go to our website, rookmedia.com. See a new group photo there, too. Rookmedia.com. Speaking of the group, thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Producer Susan Ponta, the artist. Thoughtful Nagin, the fabulous Keon. Savvy Roham, Aray Merdad, Captain Reza and Groovy Shaya. Thank you to all of, all of you out there supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you have not done so already on any platform that you're listening to us on right now. You can find us on Instagram at Rook Media and me at Gian Gomeshi. Mizun Mashi. <laughs>